It's been a minute, yo. It has been. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We're back on the podcast. I want to introduce my guest for this evening, this episode. His name is, uh, well, let me see. He's a stand-up comic. He's been doing it for a while. He's really funny. Uh, I've met him. He's a great guy. You said this uh, exact same shit about Antonio, you lying (laughs) son of a bitch. You're going to do me like that. You know I listen to this shit. Jesus. We're trying to be a professional here. This way of saying he, I don't give a shit about any of these guests. <laughs> they get the same intro. Well, I'll just say it. Adam Radliff, everybody. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fake applause. There's no applause, typically. Uh, no applause, no laughter. Certainly no women interested, but uh, yeah, appreciate you having me. What do you mean? You, you get laid. Well, yeah, technically, yes. Yeah, I've seen you with women. Yeah. Some beautiful women. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all smoke and mirrors, Joe. It's all smoke and mirrors. Okay, so... You gotta fake it till you make it. They're there for the hour, then. Yeah. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> Look, I have a problem. It takes a while, okay? <laughs> it's not a race. So what do you, when, you're, when, you're, when you're having sex, is this typically an hour-long experience? Are we talking 15 minutes? What are we talking about here? It depends on the girl and mm-hmm. how interested I am. Something- so if, if you are interested, does that make it go longer or shorter? Be honest I, I th- with you, Joe. I think shorter. Yeah. That's I, all, if that's if I'm interested, because like, I'm in it. I'm in it. I uh-huh. want to get it done. I want to be with her. Like, yeah. If, it's, if I'm not interested, it takes a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so what lie. do you do to like to, to try to make 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 up for that problem? There, You're going to get tired. You're, I go down on her. You start cramping and shit. Yeah, I go down on her. Well, that's a gentleman. You're a good guy. Yeah. I try to be. Yeah. Also, I love going down on chicks. I don't know why. This big fan? Big fan. Big fan. What do you feel about the opposite? You... I've had uh, I've had chicks uh, like go down on me, uh-huh. but it's just it's okay. I've, what I, I the haven't fuck met, is going on? I haven't met the right one who does it very well. Like the the girls that have done it have been okay, but it hasn't been like amazing. All right, this is ridiculous. You're the second person in the comedy scene who I've had this conversation with. That has come out as not enthusiastic about getting blowjobs. I'm not saying I'm not enthusiastic. I'm down for it anytime. But mm. if a girl has to know what she's doing. <laughs> Did you give her pointers and missed blowjob? Yeah. I'll tell her. Like, you know, I'm not going to tell her then and there. But if we get into a conversation and she's like, well, what do you think? What do you, what do you think of that? I'll, I'll tell her. I'll be like, well. Well, I got okay. some notes. Yeah. Um, so what would be like your notes to these, these women? Obviously, you mentioned... You haven't had one crush it yet. Like uh, unhinge your jaw a little bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody's buying that. <laughs> you know you know how like old people take out their dentures? You just take out your jaw. Yeah. <laughs> she better love your ass if she's willing to do anything of the sort. No, I mean like uh women have their technique. Everybody has a different technique and you can't really like like just even watching porn that doesn't help that much mm-hmm. honestly like when i was trying to are you taking notes on how to tell a woman to give a blowjob i used to take notes on i was watching porn so i can be better at going down on girls so you were and sitting there i was looking, into the bed yeah pad of paper in hand oh yeah definitely. taking longhand notes yeah and i would pause not mental notes i would pause and go like okay stroke the labia with your tongue and then play <laughs> i can't wait for the cops to find these notepads like, we should have known. Like, of course, this guy's taking notes about his porn. I mean, because, like, I, one of the things that I notice about myself is, that, like, I'm a people pleaser. Uh-huh. And I, I want the other person to have a great time. Sure, yeah. And then sometimes I 
don't have a great time myself because of that, because I'm so focused on their enjoyment. It's like work at that point. Got a little bit sometimes because I'm an inter- entertainer, you know, and uh-huh. stuff like that. So I like I want to make everybody feel happy, but sometimes I'm not happy and it kind of sucks. But it's a, yeah. your cross to bear. It is my cross to bear. I'm, I'm, you I'm probably not, feel worse if she did just made you feel good and then bounced. No, no, no. I would feel worse if she felt like shit when she bounced. I would feel if she if she if I went down on her, she was like, OK, that's cool. And she left. I would have been like, OK, that was that was nice. What? The hell did you just say? It doesn't always have to. I don't always have to like come. <laughs> Joe, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, just kidding. I'm a nice. Look, guy. I'm not saying that. Yeah, com- nice if you're guy. in a long term relationship, you don't have time. Uh, you want to do something nice? By all means, yes, that's good. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good call. You feel good about that. She should feel good about that. But like, ninety nine percent of the time, both people should be finishing every time. That's the goal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what what she had to be to work? What's her rush? No, it wasn't. It wasn't that she had to be at work. It was just like I had to leave, and I was just like I got started, and then I got a text, and I was like, "Ah, shit!" You're checking your phone during sex. It was just like, "Bing!" <laughs> I was down there. <laughs> I was like, "This is important." I didn't. It st- can't possibly be more important than stop. this. I didn't stop. I was just like in there, like mid tongue and I like just looked at my phone. Oh my god. <laughs> what was her reaction? She was like, what the fuck are you doing? That's a good reaction. That's a normal reaction. <laughs> You're like, oh you should you what you should have said? Hmm. Setting this bitch to vibrate. Just wait. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That would have been actually that's kind of a kind of a smooth move right there. There you go. That's that's what they call you. Adam Smooth Move. <laughs> yeah, right. Outlet. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Can you set your phone can you set your phone to it constantly vibrate? Probably yeah. not. They probably like this is definitely a design. Like, it's encouraging women to use it for that. What do you mean? Sure. Like uh, just send yourself text messages? Like, no, like where you don't even have to send anything. It's just constantly oh, I vibrating. I don't like know. your. That's probably an app for that. Your light, you can turn on and keep it on. You know your flash. Yeah, there's there's probably an app, a vibrating app for sure. Are I'm, we sure? I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody has thought about it. Patent pending. Uh, if you heard, if you're hearing this, folks. Joe and I are going into business together. We're going to be rich. And um, what do you want to call this thing? Ooh, that's good. That's a good name. Okay. Uh, I feel like I should be in there. I, ra- I vibrate or nuts. I vibrate. Yeah. I rabbit. I rabbit. Because rabbit's a really famous uh, vibrator. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I rabbit. Yeah. Well, we're rich now. There you go. We made it. Okay. So, before we start recording this, I don't want to take over here at all. All right. But I mean, you are a podcaster, so you that's know, true. We're you know part where to of the go. same clan here. Yeah. And we sure you started explaining a story to me before we were recording. I was like, "Dear God, we have got to get this on wax." So, you heard about stereo. Yeah, the stereo app, it's an app where you can talk to another person and it's like a radio show. Mm-hmm. So you have listeners on there and they can also send you messages while you're talking and you can interact with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, Antonio, my last guest told me about it and I thought it was like a fake. App. I thought it was fake at first. My I, brother I, is obsessed with this app. He spends like 40 hours a week on it. Yeah. Cause uh, Antonio told me, oh, you can talk to people. It's like a radio show. This, this, and that. And I was like, this is too good to be true. Let me, I'll download it either way, but fuck it. So I downloaded it. I started talking to people. I got into conversations and stuff. 
and I met this prostitute. Uh-huh. And she already had like a whole bunch of fans and stuff. So oh, I she, bet she does. Oh, yeah. She was cycling through people. So I got in the mix and we just started talking. Wait, a prostitute was cycling through people? No way. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Every 15 minutes. She, she was a professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They call that three rad lifts. <laughs> 15 minutes. Get out of here. I don't got that kind of time. <laughs> So we start talking, we're having a great conversation, and then she starts, well, she, I think she was in Vegas. Right. So she starts talking all the Johns and stuff that she's met, like, we were talking about penis size and stuff like that, and she was like, it really doesn't matter. So she's a, well, she's a prostitute, she has to lie. Oh. She can't give people a complex. Okay, well, then. She made me feel good about myself. <laughs> she's a prostitute, that's what she's supposed she's to do. She's doing her job, yeah, <laughs> she did her she job. Needs a, she needs a raise. <laughs> Yeah, but but it was it was a great conversation, and like uh, by the end, uh, well, she was telling us about these sites where prostitutes get raided. Raided? Yeah, like you can rate their performance. And oh, stuff oh, like oh, that. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like the police well, that, are that, raiding that, that's their place. Called running a train on someone. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sure that's not foreign to her. What was her name? I forgot her name. Probably like the conductor. She didn't give a damn. No, but the caboose. It, I don't know. She's seen a train or two, trust me. I, mean, I bet she has. And she was talking about like it was it was a crazy conversation. I liked it a lot. She also said that she every guy that she's been with or that pays and stuff like that has to wear a condom. If they don't have a condom, she's not gonna do it. Which I so thought she's was a smart. classy prostitute. Very classy. She was like fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollar range. American dollars. American, yes. <sighs> That's what she said. Good for her. Good for her. That's actually a lot of money. Yeah, she was like an escort basically. I, I think know. there's a difference between prostitute and escort. Prostitutes are cheaper. What's the difference? Prostitutes are cheaper. Escorts are like more classy. Like they got limousines and they get taken to like dinners and stuff. So it's based solely on price. Yeah. Well, also the way they look too. So you can't have an attractive prostitute. You can only have an attractive you can escort. if she doesn't know her worth. <laughs> Uh huh. I think that's the biggest thing. I just want to know, like, is this like a minor league, major league system? Like, do you have to work your way up? Do you have to work your way up through prostitute to escort, or can you jump the line? If you got like a ton of talent, you jump the line, you go straight to escort. I I think that does happen, mm. uh, but uh, I think porn stars are also escorts too, and they start at high prices because they're so popular and stuff like that. Aren't porn stars <clears throat> escorts by definition? I guess so. Escort means you're you're hooking up with a. Somebody who's not a professional. Not a professional, and you're doing it for money, yes. Gotcha. And porn stars, well, you're hooking up with a professional a for money. You're a companion, basically. Yeah, but yeah. we all know what that is. <laughs> so, escorts, do they, by nature, have to go out and do uh, go out on the town? Do you have to like, show them a uh, good no, time? No, no, I'm pretty sure there's a service, and they get called, and they get messages and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, it's do, legit. Do you think this will ever be legal, like, nationwide? It's, like, legal in Reno. It's Yeah, in Reno, it's legal. Mm-hmm. You think it'll ever be nationwide? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think it'll ever be. I mean, it, it happens all the time, but it'll never be legal. Yeah, but yeah, and I agree. I think you're probably right. Maybe like in I wouldn't say never because they go a thousand years down the road. I think when it might be legal is whenever they get to where like your computers can do it, like robots can do it, just as good as as humans. And they're like, "Well, they're taking our jobs." And like, no, okay, now it's legal. <laughs> don't let these robots steal our jobs. And then, the, then you'll be all right. You're you're on your own. You're on the streets. I think that's happening now. I think there's yeah. some like robots. Like, like 
Uh, I mean, fleshlights are kind of like robots that mm-hmm. you have sex with. You know? I'm sure in places like Japan and South Korea, they have some kind of like Dog. sex bot, sex bot craze. I'm pretty sure they also have like vending machines with used panties yep. in there. That's like, who does that? Who? I, so that's one thing. Businessmen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never understood. I'm not shaming anyone. I've never understood the fetish lifestyle. Like people who are like super into feet. Or yeah. people who are super into like uh, what's it? Um, OnlyFans. Like people who pay like thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to these people that they'll never meet. I'm like, who does that? Like, I just can't. I can't people get in that headspace. People who are lonely. People who can't go out and socialize. Yeah, but how does buying somebody's panties? So I get that with the OnlyFans one, but like when you're buying somebody's panties out of a vending machine, who is that for? That's. For the person buying the panties, that's, that's I guess I'm not, like I said, I'm, not, I'm not trying. I cannot to sh- answer that. I I don't want to buy panties. I've never thought about buying used panties. Like I, if I have used panties, they're from a girl that left them here, right? And I did not buy them. They left them here. So okay, I, can't. I feel like you're talking to the police again, <laughs> like, officer, officer. Officer, ignore she, those she, those yeah. those notepads over there. Yeah. Don't read a word ignore of them. Ignore that stack of panties. Okay, I didn't buy those. Mm-hmm. They were left there. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, if anything's left at my house, I'm either giving it back to the person as soon as possible because it's not going to my laundry, get ripped to shreds, or I'm throwing them out. I mean, yeah, you throw them out more than likely because I'm wear them around for a couple of days, maybe sing, maybe like, do a little sing, sing some songs, yeah, see what like, <laughs> see what like, see what it's like to feel like a girl for a minute. <laughs> That's the only difference, right? It's Dance the underwear. Dance around in your house with panties. Yeah, this is like a Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. I'd wild. fuck me. Fuck me so hard. <laughs> good line. That is a good line. I love that movie. So the prostitute yeah. was a good time. You had a nice chat with her. The prostitute was great. Lo- love the toots. Love them. Wait, love are you talking about on stereo or are you talking about in real on life? Stereo. On stereo. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to expose you here. Jesus. God damn. Yeah, prostitutes, uh, they're people too. And I think that's one to grow on right there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Don't, uh, don't sex, what's that, sex work shame? Sex work is real work. Some of the hardest work. Yeah, that's why they call them uh, hand jobs and blow jobs. The jobs. Yeah, that's it. What about butt jobs? Uh, you ever got yourself a butt job? A butt job is when you get implants, right? But oh, I guess technically, yeah. Yeah, and the boob job. It's like I don't know how graphic we want to get on this, but <laughs> we can go as graphic as we want. I can delete this or not, like not even post it. Fuck no, it. yeah, yeah. Just, butt jobs when you get implants on your butt, yeah. Yeah, Brazilian butt lift or whatever. Oh yeah, love love Brazilians. I don't love I don't think I know any Brazilians at all. Is uh, what's her name that works at Darwin's? Is she Brazilian? The bartender. I, I have no clue. I think she, she might is. be. She's she got like a Brazilian the, flag or something like that. Okay, then she might be the only Brazilian. I forget I her name. Honey. Yep. Yeah. Shout out, Honey. <laughs> nice gal. Yeah, she's great. I love her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, speaking of Darwin's, uh, so they have an open mic there every Wednesday. I wanted to ask, so I have a problem on that stage. I don't know if it's the room or the stage, but every time I'm there, I bomb mm-hmm. most of the time. That's the only room in Houston now that I bomb repeatedly uh-huh. like do you have that problem there yeah i wouldn't yeah most of the time that's like if you're going to darwin's you basically just have to do crowd work yeah because it's a it's got like it's 
you know, I like the place. So that's the, place, the first place I ever went up was Darwin's. But it's gotten to the point where it's like people are only there to be at a bar. They don't want to be there for comedy. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> we're in their way and they act accordingly. Like there was a streak for like six weeks, I think, at one point. Every time I was there, there was somebody like yelling, not just talking full volume, like yelling at the end of the bar. Like they were purposely trying to annoy us, like trying to take away from the show. So it's a tough room for sure. I mean, I'll see like little pops where it's good, but it's usually like 80% comics, if not more. The only person I see do consistently well there, the only person is Trey. Trey, yep. Yeah. That's the only guy. Nobody else can like kind of control that room. It, it's a it's a weird spot too, mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of comics that I see go up there like don't really uh, talk to the room or even address it, mm-hmm. and they just do their material. What's the point of that? Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's, You're talking that's the to the thing. void, they're not listening. I mean, for the most part, I just go there when I want to try out newer stuff, and I I don't know the wording of it yet, and I just want to see how it sounds. Yeah, that's that's worth a shot. For the most part, that's what I want to do. Sometimes I do crowd work and stuff like that, but I don't really... Uh. So that's actually a decent point, because like, you have one or two ways you can go with it. Like You can try to do the crowd work to get their attention, and then go into material. Because you don't want to just do just crowd work, because what's yeah. the point of that? You've learned nothing about your jokes. Exactly. Or you can go with material you want to try and if they're not listening oh well i'm at least gonna work on my wording yeah so i guess there's two ways to look at it i get everybody's always working on something and then brand new comics i'm pretty sure they're just working on stage presence mm-hmm. and confidence feeling comfortable yeah yeah being comfortable but talk about a way to not get comfortable <laughs> go up there and bomb i hated that place for so long when i first started mm-hmm. i hated it i hated going up there i hated the fact that i had to do crowd work i i remember one time i did good and it was I, I was doing crowd work and I was just talking shit about the bar. Mm-hmm. I was talking shit about the people and I had so much intensity and and going through it. And then afterwards, like comics were like, hey, man, that was pretty good. Have never replicated that again. <laughs> never. Like, I was really, really angry that night, too. I was going through a lot of stuff and I was just pissed. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to take it out on these people. Uh-huh. And it worked. But after that, I just couldn't do it again. I don't know why. Uh-huh. It was weird. So, yeah, maybe certain crowds just respond to getting shit on a little bit. Sometimes, sometimes. That's yeah, why be careful, re- though, because yeah. isn't that where, um, that's where Antonio got, like, uh, some mentally handicapped guy tried to attack him on stage. Oh, yeah. And Bob had to stop him. <laughs> well, if you know, uh, James- I don't know how much you are talking about, like, local folks. I mean, I'm down to, I talk about it all the time on my podcast. On your podcast? Yeah. Like, we'll just treat it like your podcast. Don't yeah. worry. Well, you're, if you're the, you're the guest, we'll go where you want to go. Gotcha. Fuck it. Hey, hey, I'll go down on you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Eddie. <laughs> That's what shit Eddie would say for sure. That dude's got a problem. Eddie's a good dude. Yeah, he's fine. Wouldn't say harmless, but he's okay. But uh, speaking of crazy shit going on at Darwin's, uh, Jay Morassi told me that he got flashed there while he was on on stage. Flashed? Yeah, like a girl flashed her boobs at him. Oh, good for him. Yeah, now when I refer to him, I'm like, oh, Jay Morassi, that's a titty comic right there. Yeah, he's just going to start asking for that every time he goes on stage. <laughs> he's going to be canceled in no time. Uh, not not if she consents. Not if she's the one just flashing him. Come on, bro. You know the scene. He's He's gone in no time. He tries that again. Oh, my. No, no, no. She was having such a great time that she was just like, yeah. During Jay Morassi's set? That's what, she, that's what he told me. 
I wasn't there, so I don't know, but that's what he told me. At Darwin's. At Darwin's. They did have a Banditos problem for a while. Oh, you remember that? I remember that. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Some and I remember motherfuckers. one of Alex's friends showed up and she was like wasted. She kept messing with them. I was like, hey, Alex, you need to get your friend. She's going to get somebody killed. It was a mess. Really? Yeah, that gang is no joke. Like one of the worst biker gangs in America. And it was at Darwin's. Yeah, they, were, they came there for like every Wednesday. For, like, for the comedy? No, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, these guys, they may be mean, but they do love comedy. Yeah, they love jokes. You know? No, they would play pool. I don't think they even went inside. No, yeah, I remember those guys. I'm sure they were there to sell something. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't done Coke at Darwin's, huh? Wink, wink. <laughs> right. You see um, somebody, I think, uh, Megan Noel or, uh, posted on... Like Houston comics, it might have just been on her page. Just talking about how you like you get in the Houston comedy scene, and all of a sudden you have a coke problem. I've uh, never seen coke in the comedy scene. I what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe you're not cool because I see it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you've never done cocaine. No, no. Okay, have you ever been asked to do it? It's been offered, but uh, never like, no one ever insisted. I don't think anyone's too upset when you don't. Because so that's don't, more for them. Yeah, you don't look like a coke guy. I'm to not. Me. Yeah, that's like that's the one, like one of the few lines in my life. I'm like I'm never gonna cross that. <laughs> that one. was good. Yeah, <laughs> line. It's a line too far. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I just don't think I. I just know my personality to know that it would not be a good reaction. Plus, really? I've seen people that get like really, really into it. I'm like, eh, I don't want to be like that. I know a couple guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say names, but yeah. you see those guys out there. For sure. It's crazy. Like, are you trying to do comedy or are you trying to do some drugs? I mean, isn't it the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any drugs in comedy. I'm just there for the jokes. I mean, yeah. And the booze. Mm. That sweet, sweet liquor. Yeah. What's your drink of choice? Okay, so. And don't say heroin. <laughs> like Rachel Faith McMillan. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not that. Not that type of guy. Okay. So, uh, for the longest time, I used to drink uh, whiskey and Coke. Uh huh. I drink whiskey and Coke for a while. Then I switched over to vodka and soda, and now I drink gin and tonics. Nice. Yeah. You're more mature. I see. That yeah, that's a very good point. So when I was drinking whiskey and Coke, I was I just was having too many bad hangovers and stuff like that switched mm-hmm. over to vodka lost some weight hangovers weren't that bad but the reason why i drank uh gin and tonic is because i used to work at a bar on travis street it was like uh-huh. a cocktail bar it was a fancy bar high high clientele and stuff like that they would make a lot of money there so i was working one day i was hanging out with the bartender we went out after work we went out for some drinks we went to anvil right here yeah yeah is a cocktail the mixology bar. place or whatever it is it's a great spot and expensive spot expensive but yeah. it's also very nice but also that was the first place where i tried a uh, martini for the first time yep so they have really good martinis there and then i was watching him and i was like hey what are you drinking he was like oh gin and tonic and i was like why are you drinking that and he was like oh this is a sipper drink so whenever i hang out i'm not too drunk i can still talk to people i can still interact and i'm still having a great time so i started doing that mm-hmm. felt great yeah, you're not going to pound gin and tonics. No, yeah. not at all. Like, if you just want to hang out, have a good time, and talk to people, gin and tonics are great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And, like, I, another thing that kind of on that same vein, I don't, don't do it very often, <laughs> Red, you get red wine. 
You're not going to chug red wine. You're going to sip red I wine. Fuck, I love red wine. Mm-hmm. I got it because of that cocktail bar. There was also a wine bar, too. Mm-hmm. So I got into a lot of wines and stuff like that. Uh, I like Italian wine. I like Spanish wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried Australian wine. Like a lot of different types of red wines. I like red wine the most. White wine, not so much. Yeah, I'm just saying. I agree. Yeah. 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 A couple of winos over here talking oh, yeah. about wine. I mean, Dude, yeah. if I was homeless, I would definitely be the boozer, like homeless. And I would have funny signs, like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I just want to go get a drink. Give me some money. <laughs> That'd be the best part of being homeless is coming up with signs, I think. I basically, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I, I remember when I was younger, I saw a guy. It was a picture of a homeless guy that was holding up a photo or like a, a poster or whatever. And it said, ninjas killed my family. Need money for kung fu lessons. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a comic in the making right there. He's just trying to feel the struggle before he makes it big. That's it, man. Smart move. I don't know move. where that guy is now, but that was a. Funny He's person. dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> the ninjas. The ninjas, ninjas came back. <laughs> <laughs> they heard he was like trying to train. Like nah. Yeah, he didn't get enough money for the yeah. kung fu lessons. So, R.I.P. <laughs> Story old as time. That's ninjas it. take out your family. Come after and they you. come after you. Yep. You see that new, uh, speaking of ninjas, you see that new karate uh, Marvel movie? Shang-Chi? Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, no. Oh. I haven't seen it. I've seen videos and clips of it. Mm-hmm. haven't seen the whole thing. I like I like what I've seen, though. I think it's a, it kind of reminds me of like a Bruce Lee movie. Oh, I thought you were going like to say an Asian day. Black Panther. <laughs> What? Which is what it is. That's what you. That's your opinion. Yeah, watch it. You can prove me wrong. It's like okay. they even have Asian Wakanda. Asian yeah. Wakanda. It's kind of busted, to be honest. Wakanda's got all this futuristic stuff and like all fancy, and everyone's happy and loving it. And the Asian one, they have like nothing. They have like rods that are red for some reason, and it's kind of like just like basically like a campground. Like you ever go camping, like, uh-huh. or like church camp? It's like that. Well, were they trying to make it more traditional from uh, like... I don't know, I think their budget just wasn't as big. Oh, okay. Yeah, Good movie, though. It sounds like... I mean, like, the rings are like alien technology in the movie, mm-hmm. from what I've heard. So it kind of makes sense. Does it? Uh, in the comic book world type of way. I'm sick and tired of comic book movies. I'm going to go on record as saying every movie is a comic book movie now. I mean, it started with uh, Iron Man. Yeah, which I love. I loved Iron Man. It's probably still my favorite of that universe. Robert, that or Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Robert Downey Jr. is an amazing actor. Yeah. yeah. He also did cocaine. So, Ties Famously, in. yeah. yeah. Famously. <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> Went he was to at print. Darwin's every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, he's a bandito. <laughs> yeah. He has a good time. Oh, yeah. But... Um, yeah, he he went to prison for it, I think. He did. He got into trouble, and then he changed his life around. He met his wife. Pepper became, Potts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel like that's going to happen to me. Like, I'm going to meet her. You're going to go to prison, then yeah. come out and meet your wife yeah. and uh, that she's gonna star in blockbuster me. movies? Yes, that's, that's going to be my life. You're on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me with you if you make it big. I'll, I'll be whatever, I'll be your Norm Macdonald in your movies. Just show up and say stupid stuff and get paid a check until I die. That sounds like the life right there. 
Yeah, he lived a good life. Yeah, he did. He had cancer. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. to the best. My yeah. oh, not maybe not the best, but my favorite. One of the best. Yeah, for sure. Me. He was. He, he's always been my favorite. I used to watch his uh, Conan interviews all the time. Oh yeah, loved his Conan interviews. Yeah, I was like obsessed with the I'm Not Norm page on YouTube. I would just watch that shit for hours. His podcast was really funny too, because I like the concept where there was a point where they had like written jokes. Yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. wrote jokes <laughs> and they were like the most horrendous things that you could say and it, he would say it with such a straight face yeah <laughs> or he'd have celebrities say i'm like oh my yeah. god i can't believe like, i just oh, said that can i say this I'm like yeah go ahead <laughs> i wonder who wrote those jokes uh from what i heard it was the people in the on the production some of them wrote the jokes norm wrote some of them too uh-huh. like so it was a mix of everybody terrible jokes it was horrible yeah oh horrible jokes but i yeah. The whole funny is them saying it and then reacting to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the biggest thing. And then, like, SNL. Loved, loved Norm on SNL. Mm-hmm. He was the first guy who did that uh, Weekend Update, I think. That you liked? Yeah. I, he even had his own sports show, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he was also on the Man Show, I think. He's had a weird career. Yeah, he was also a gambler. <laughs> a, a gamble addict. Addict. He was an addict, yeah. I heard him tell a story that he like lost 400000 on one bet. So I was listening to uh, his his book. Mm-hmm. I have it on audio. I have it as an audio book. Does was, he read it or is it? He reads it, yeah. Oh, nice. He, he uh, Yeah. So he was talking about the whole book is like... It's some of it's fake, some of it's real, whatever. But he was talking about his gambling addiction, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he won um, millions of dollars like multiple times. He lost it all, won it again, lost it all, won it again, and he went through that experience. So like that kind of tripped me out. It's a fr- infuriating as somebody <laughs> who's like, dude, you've already won the lottery by being a celebrity and being beloved and constantly being asked to to do stuff and be able to get paid really well for it being respected too. what do you need the rush of gambling but whatever i mean it's it's one of those when you got everything what else is going to make you feel that rush that's true that's that's the biggest thing for me what makes you feel that rush joe Uh, prostitutes you know oh my god i I kind of assumed but uh after that earlier conversation but uh uh i'm kind of like a thrill junkie Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I like racing. I like driving really fast. So you fuck the prostitutes without condoms? I mean, I'm not going to say prostitutes, but there have been a couple times with women that I kind of (laughs) forgot. So wait, you quickly compared prostitutes to women like that, like the equal. No, 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 no. no. I said I'm not going to say prostitutes, but when I I was with some women, I kind of forgot to put on a condom. Forgot? Yeah. Yeah, so what? Everyone does that. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a thrill. What are, we, what are we, sailors? Yeah, I got scurvy once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would suck. Can you get scurvy on your penis? Oh, I don't know if you can get on your penis, but like it's like a vitamin D deficiency. Like You start like get feeling really sick. So if a girl hasn't had any D for a while, she can get scurvy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that could be a new lingo. You see, some girl, girl looks really lonely. Like, oh man, she, she looks like she might have some scurvy. Yeah, she hadn't seen a D in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, I see some girls now like that. <laughs> At Darwin's. Let's name Let's hear names. <laughs> Who do we know that apply that applies to? Uh, oh, so you really want to make it like a Houston comedy? <laughs> <laughs> no, hell no, no cancel. <laughs> but uh, you, you've been in the comedy scene longer than I have. Uh, four years now. Yeah, I'm still, I think I'm at two and a half. Two and a half? Damn. 
Was it? I remember when you first started. Yeah. That bright-eyed young man. <laughs> yeah. On his way to tell jokes on stage. Yeah. I feel like I started out and got a little bit like, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and then and did relatively well, pretty consistent for uh-huh. a, a while. And I feel like I've just stagnated for like the last year since COVID hit. I've just kind of haven't been writing like I used to. It's been lazy. So uh, when you first started out, what was what got you into comedy? Like, why did you want to do it? See, I've always wanted to do comedy when I was a kid, but then like I was like, yeah, it's not realistic. I'll go get a business degree. Make some money. You know, the world sucked all the joy out of me, right, Joe? And then... <laughs> I know that. I, was like, all right, I might as well make some money. So, um, never really thought about doing comedy realistically after the age of like seven, eight. So, um, went into the business world, worked. It was bored out of my mind, just going to work and then coming home, watching YouTube or working out or whatever. I just threw working out in there, even though I never did it. But um, then I was like, you know what? I'll go check out this. Let's see what the comedy scene's like, right? So yeah, I thought I could do it. I think funny. I, at least I, when people tell me, I would have people at the office where I would work. We always be like, man, have you ever thought about doing comedy? You should do stand up. You should do stand up. Mm-hmm. And um, then I went out to Darwin's for. I looked up open mic nights in Houston, and Darwin's popped up. Yeah, and Darwin's popped up, and I went and checked it out. Like probably for a month without even getting on stage. Or really even writing a ton. Like, uh, checked it out. I was like, okay. I could at least do this. Like, I saw, like, a lot of bombs. Like, a lot of bombs. <laughs> so, I was like, all right. I can, like, I can, I think I could do better than some of these people and at least not embarrass myself. And, and if I, like, I do, I, yeah. I won't be that far outside of the other, these other people. So, I'm like, I'm bombing with other people, whatever. You, that's the same thought that a lot of people have is like, oh, these guys are bombing. I can do better than them. Yeah. Like that, I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. So I went home and, um, I think for probably like two or three weeks, wrote out a bunch of jokes and got what I thought was going to be my five minutes, five best minutes and went up and did it at Darwin's. And how was 4th it? Fourth of July. Ooh. Yeah. It went really well. Like uh-huh. for the first time I was shocked how, how well it went. I was, when, cause I'd. I've presented to you know like businesses all the time, so public speaking is not like super foreign to me. Like some people go from zero public speaking to you know comedy. That's yeah, that's tough. I yeah. Oh, so tell you, I was like, I can at least talk for five minutes, whatever. So I went into it with a nothing to lose attitude, and it went well. I wouldn't say it went great. Like I, I would say probably fifty percent of my jokes hit, and I got enough laughs like to where I was like. Middle of the road for that night. And I was like, all right, let's just keep doing this. And that would just, uh, had nothing else going on other than, like I said, work. So, like, every night I would go out. And I was, like, doing recruiting, which is not mindless, but very easy mentally to do. So, I was like, I didn't have to, like, have all these planned things out for work every day. So, I'd come in and just do the job. So, I would do the job and then go do comedy, do the clock job. Clock in, clock out. Go to Mike's. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And it wasn't a super big strain. So since then, I've moved into the sales side, which is way more stressful. So that's also why I've kind of gone out a lot less uh, recently. You making more money, though? Yeah. There you go. Ladies. Ladies. 
That means I can afford escorts and I don't have to be fucking around with prostitutes anymore. Hey, all right. <laughs> no, I don't right. make that much money. There's a website I can show you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one that um, R.I.P. to one of my favorites, Adam Murphy? Had oh, a, yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, I love that guy. He was hilarious. The funniest Adam in Houston. He, I think his last show was Quick Fix when Noah did a living. Oh, yeah? I mean, that was one of his last shows. That's awesome. That's wild. Yeah, he was a good dude. Very, very funny. One of my favorite people to watch. But he has a bit about uh, this website that you, that rates. Uh, I don't think it was prostitutes; they were massage parlors. And mm. he has this whole long joke about it, and okay. he, it's great. So he's like talking about what the abbreviations mean on the site. I'm gonna butcher it if I try to tell it, but it's he goes into a, like a an abbreviation, not abbreviation, an acronym, and the acronym's like. 15 letters long and then he says what it stands for and it's fucking hilarious he would close with that bit and it was absolutely hysterical and i went to like his funeral uh not the, not the first night the second night that was like at the church uh-huh and it was like super religious and i was like oh god this would not be adam's <laughs> choice this would not be his flavor at all were there uh, a lot of comics there too um, or was it just mostly family for that second? It was day? mostly family. Like Royce John John was there. <laughs> I uh, think a lot of comics went the first night. Will huh? was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most people went the first night. Yeah. I had to like, I think I had to work the first day. Because the first one was like during the day. Yeah. I was like, I can't end the, the second one was on the Saturday. So I had to work those days. So I couldn't make it. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say too. I could kind of tell like something was happening to him because every time he said something, he would always go, <gasps> He would take a big, you know, breather after uh-huh. every joke. He would he would say something, yell something, and then <gasps> like uh, that. Sometimes you don't know what's gonna happen because he yeah. had a pulmonary embolism. Yeah, it was like no, I I didn't see it coming at all. But yeah. like, such a good dude. Yeah, I like him a lot. Oh, yeah. Very very funny. I mean, like John John and uh, Royce are doing great now too. Mm-hmm. They got that jar comedy and they're killing it at uh, Jive. Uh huh. I heard they're doing great. Yeah. I- I can't stand going to Jive because it's just so far away. It is very far. Like uh, before they took it over, I was hosting for Clint. He had me start. He had me hosting there. Mm-hmm. It was forty five minutes drive or whatever. Yeah. But it, it was a good experience because like the people there actually do listen and they do like the comedy that's going on at that time. So mm-hmm. if you got some like newer stuff that's kind of hitting and you're trying to figure out like a way to to present it, like put it into like a seven or a ten minute bit. That's probably one of the best spots for that. Right. Also, the 10-minute mic on Wednesdays at Dude. Secret. Yeah. <sighs> got beef with the 10-minute mic. Oh, so I shit. work for a living. Like I got to be up at 7 o'clock in the morning at the latest. And the 10-minute mic, the week that I was going to go do it, didn't even start till 11. And then there's 10-minute sets. I'm like, there's no way I can do that on a work night. It's just not possible. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so that's another thing. Like, if I like lived in Katy, so I live like 15 minutes from downtown. So I live like halfway from the Energy Corridor to downtown. I was like, if I lived any farther west, or if I lived like an hour from stage time, I I like I respect the hell out of people like Royce who come from Tomball. Yeah. Some people come like an hour. Nathaniel. Or more. Yeah. yeah. Amador. Like, Amador. I don't know. Jesse Saldana. Yeah, he comes from freaking Conroe. Conroe. It's crazy. Well, he lives downtown now. Yeah. 
But he was doing that for years. He was coming from Conroe. Patrick lives in Richmond, I think. Yeah. It's just like, these people really want to fucking Exactly. Oh, Dan Hornstein, Hornstein lives, like, yeah. really far away. Yeah. But I, was like, I just don't know how people do that. Like, if, I, if that was a factor for me, that would make things really, really tough. But, um... I mean, you would find a way if you really wanted to do it, though. Yeah, you'd pick certain nights, probably, instead yeah. of like, a routine. You would have to, like, uh, kind of... Make sure work harder on your material to make sure it hits, though. That's true. Yeah, maybe you'd appreciate it more. You'd appreciate it more because you don't have that much stage time, and you would work harder on your material. Because that's what I did for a minute. Because like I was going to like maybe like three or four mics a night, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really helping my jokes, but it was helping my stage presence, sure, confidence, yeah. comfortability, and stuff like that. No time to work on it though. The pandemic helped. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. During the pandemic, I was just working on the joke writing, the structure, the tags, the setups, the punches and stuff like that. And I feel like that's what made me a better writer because I didn't have that much stage time. It was very limited in the times that I was going out. There wasn't uh, anything to say, oh, it's going to be back next week. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to get a schedule of like, these are the nights I go out. And I'm not going out any of the other nights. Yeah. And like I'll either write at home or I'll do whatever, just relax, and then just go with that schedule. But, man. Well, you're being more professional and more serious about it. I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest thing. I, one of the biggest things for me is because I started being more professional about it, and I started caring about it more because uh, when I first started, I didn't know anything about comedy. I didn't mm-hmm. know. All I thought was I'm going to be able to go on stage and tell jokes. That's all I thought. Then I got into the business side and I got into like all these, the social aspect and stuff like that. And everything was, it just enticed me. Mm-hmm. And I put myself in that position. And then what I realized is, Oh, I don't like any of this. Yeah. It takes <laughs> away from your, it takes away from your ability to write or tell jokes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like from a, what I've heard from a lot of people is like going on stage and killing it. That's the easy part. The hard part is everything off stage. Yeah, like the networking, making yeah. sure you're getting on shows. Yep. And making like money, yeah. making, making sure you're getting booked every week and stuff like that. That's, That's the hard very part. hard. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're extremely funny and then people will come to you. Not, sometimes not even that. Sometimes the most funny person is the least sociable one. Yeah. That's true. But like, can you imagine like, if Victor wasn't social, you think he wouldn't still get asked to get on shows? He's so funny. He would still get asked. It just wouldn't be as many shows as he's doing. That's true. That's the thing. It would cut down on his stage time for sure. So he's going like, there's going to be a mass exodus of really strong Houston comics. Are you ready to fill in for their, fill in their shoes? I feel like I'm at the point now where I'm able to fill in. Yeah. Like I've gotten my, I I can do like 20 minutes now. I've been doing that 15 to 20 consistently. I've been going doing shows like every week. It's like I've been working really hard on this. Mm-hmm. I even like I, I used to run my own show, run my own open mic. So I know the business side of it, too. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to market. I learned how to talk to people because I'm I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I am the best barker in Houston right now. Oh, really? That's yeah. that's that's where you hang your hat on. That's, that's the only thing. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I I because no, Jesse saw the audio one day. He came up to me and was like, "Hey man, how do you do it? How do you bark?" Like, because he was he was really interested because because uh-huh. I bring people to the Eighth Wonder Show all the time when I bark. He was just, like, "How do you do it?" Uh huh. And I just, I told him it was, it's simple. It's really simple. I just go up to people, 
and I just talk to them and I have this spiel, but I also like to bullshit and mm. I don't, I tell jokes, but not like the jokes that I tell on stage. I'll just make something up real quick. Uh-huh. And street I just, jokes, street jokes basically. And I, that's the best way to open somebody up is with a joke. Mm-hmm. Once they start laughing, they like you immediately. And then you can tell them whatever the hell you want and then move on. That's, nice. that's what I like to do. That's not, it's a thankless task. Basically, but it's also helped me on stage too with like uh, mm-hmm. with crowd work and stuff like that, and me being quick. It's helped me a lot to be quicker on stage. That was one thing. So when I, I got lucky when I first got started, <clears throat> I knew like some I just, I was in the right place at the right time. I was reliable, so I got to like host Midtown and Liberty, and and I got like really lucky to get those. And that's that's a. Uh, a good thing though being very reliable from mm-hmm. what i've what i've learned is like if you're reliable then you will get booked on a lot of shows yeah it's, it consistent helps too you're very yeah consistent. that helps yeah yeah those are two big factors um and getting to host you learn a whole nother muscle mm-hmm. and i really like it because you get to riff more you can do more crowd work you get to like kind of get the crowd going and then you have the comics riffing back and forth with you like when i was midtown i do that a ton and it was always a lot of fun, but um, I uh, that was always a good time. That's it helps you with your crowd work, and I miss doing crowd work. I'm gonna start. I'm not gonna purposely like write in sections where I do crowd work, but I'm actively going to engage with the audience more. Yeah, it's better when it's organic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I always like that bit of it. And I some for some reason I got away from it a lot. Like at Midtown, I was doing that a ton. Liberty, I was doing it a ton. Yeah. And yeah, get, get yeah. big laughs. They give you, like, they reward you because they know that you're riffing. They reward you because they know that it's off the top of your head. Uh huh. So I'm going to start doing that a lot more. I also need to go back to writing more unique jokes. So I've gotten to a point where I'm trying to write too many jokes that I think will work versus just stuff that I think is funny and is me. Which is tough. I think I've got stuck in this rut of what I know will work, and you start going back to more like you're trying to experimental. work more. You're trying to work more on your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I've said this before, I could write a joke. Mm-hmm. I know how to write a funny joke, but is it like something attached to me where right. people listen to it and go like, "Oh, that's funny. That's Joe's joke." And anybody can tell that, but that you can tell that's Joe right there. Yeah, my essence, isn't it? Plus, none of my jokes are based <laughs> on reality for the most part. Like, yeah. nobody told me they want to lick my bussy, Joe. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Your bussy? <laughs> that joke is not real. Explain, explain to the listeners what a bussy is. It's a it's a boy's pussy. <laughs> A.K.A. a grown man's asshole. That's what a bussy is. Really? I, 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 I wrote that joke because I was in this, this writing group with, that Carrie was in, and we would just kind of throw out a word. And like, hey, we'll write a joke about this word. I think I was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in the group chat. Yeah. And um, one day she said, bussy. I was like, all right. I'll write a joke about bussy. And I wrote it, and it's worked, and I've used it off and on ever since. Yeah. I've heard somebody else write a joke about bussy, but every time I think about it now, I think of you. <laughs> <laughs> like freaking, uh, who was it? Uh, Charles Justice like tagged me in some picture that had some some soda that was called bussy juice or something like that. <laughs> He's like, Bradley's going to lose his mind. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I have, like, jokes that for some reason or another, people will remember it. And it's probably because it's like, oh, that's, a, like, a hacky premise. Or the word is memorable. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, the Harry Potter shit, the bussy stuff, and Mythbusters. And yeah. 
non-binary stuff or gender non-binary. So it's I, it's different though. Like yeah. nobody has jokes like that right now. From yeah. what I've heard, because they don't want to have jokes like that, Joe. They want to have good jokes. They want to make people laugh. <laughs> they don't want to have everything be self-deprecating. Come on, man! You're an alt comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely true. Like I've like um, listening like the comedy bible. Uh huh. And like she's explaining like setup punchline, setup punchline, and telling jokes of, like where you have this big energy. It has to be interesting weird whatever she has all these rules she's like yeah he's like so that's how 90 percent of comics do their stuff yeah it's like, and there's also people called alt comics where basically none of these rules apply <laughs> and they just go with what they think is going to work and it often relies on awkwardness or yeah or subverting expectations i definitely way more in that camp than yeah, the traditional subvert, yeah. like weekend headliner kind of like Hey guys, thanks for coming out. Kind of like setting, saying the joke in a certain cadence. Because I heard you and Antonio talking about it, and that's that's so true. But so you could say a bad joke well and get a laugh yeah. easier than you can get a laugh saying a good joke, a joke bad. Terribly. Yeah. yeah, and that's true. But what I can't do is fake. Like I can't, I can't get into the presentation or the acting side of it where I I can only speak the way I speak. So I have to try to split the like the in between. I'm never going to deliver a joke like Trey Tutson or Victor or Grady. Like these are all people who have great jokes and a great personality and delivery. So my jokes are going to be great jokes delivered with my delivery. Which not I mean it's gonna dry. Be, yeah, it's gonna be dry. dry. Yeah. It's gonna be snarky, it's gonna be, you know, self deprecating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's gonna have to be my lane. Because I've tried because I remember Nick uh would always say, Hey, you need to get angry more. That's what that's your lane. You get angry. And I was like, Well, I'm, I was like, have you seen me angry in person? Never. Exactly. That's not really my lane. Like I have jokes where it's self deprecating where I could go on a little tangent, but I tried that a little bit. To try to just kind of be like a rant almost. Yeah. And it just didn't feel right. No. Maybe if I practiced it more. Kind of like a Bill Burr. Yeah, rant. Bill Burr or yeah. Lewis Black kind of a feel to where it's like just mad at the world and bullshit. But I have some <laughs> jokes that are self-deprecating and like where I could be like ranty. And then I also have jokes that are like kind of whimsical and goofy. Like the bussy joke. That's like can't be upset about a bussy joke nah. or talking about just the word bussy is funny. exactly yeah. it's inherently funny <laughs> but i don't know joe you need, you need your help i mean teach like, me how to do comedy right i'm different from you like uh, i try i, I, I try i thanks think joe <laughs> I can't, i'm right. different than you i try i'm gonna hang myself tonight i, tr- be I try to fault. be an alt comic. I don't know. I don't think I'm an alt comic because alt comedy is something that I love the most and I, I grew up watching it. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I try to model myself after. But mm-hmm. from, I don't know. What, no way. Yeah, that was <laughs> stupid. Like, uh, that's one of the first jokes that I wrote. And then after that, uh, people just started coming up to me and calling me by my first name. It's like, hey, Jose, what's up, Jose? Because uh-huh. it's so, I'm, I'm very relatable. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm relatable to a lot of people. And I, I, f- I realized that a long time ago, and I felt like 
now what I what I talk about on stage is stories about what happened to me, my sex stories, relationships, my problems with like people, me being introverted and stuff like that. Uh, I just started talking about being Mexican more because I do have a Wait, problem. you're Mexican? Yeah, man. I just figured it out just last week. I did my 23 and me. I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but uh, for the longest time, I had a problem with like me not feeling Mexican enough. So uh-huh. like not feeling uh, myself being comfortable in my own skin in the world and stuff like that. Because anybody that sees me automatically knows I'm Mexican. Or they guess that. They guess that I'm Mexican. I would have assumed, yeah. but there's a lot of different flavors of that. So. But I don't see myself as that. I see myself as an American. That's all I see myself as. When I wake up in the morning, I'm American. When I look at myself in the mirror, I see an American. Because I was born in the U.S. Sure. So, yeah. When I look in the mirror, I see like Irish, German, like British. Well, you see that yeah. mix, but you think of yourself as just a person. You're not... You're not you don't really push yeah, those like, values that's because that's, that's what's weird. It's like why people don't have a particular, like people don't say, oh, you're German or, oh, you're Irish. Yeah. Like they do for people, like, oh, you're Mexican or oh, you're Peruvian or Guatemalan. That is kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, you do look more Irish than anything to me. Yeah. I have Irish on both sides of my family. So that's why. Yeah. My name's technically German, but I have Irish on both sides. So that that does make sense too. And like, we need to start doing that. What? Start calling people like, oh, what are you, Irish? What are you, German? Like, eh, yeah, I'm American. Have, like, a, no. have a joke behind it, yeah. No, no, just start, like, let's normalize that. <laughs> just calling each other by what we think they are? Yeah, well, no, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, so. I mean, that's so why pronouns. Why people, why people have been called out for doing that forever? It's bad. Like, oh, what are you? Like, it's, that's a bad thing to ask. Yes, Adam. A white person well, trying to normalize calling other no, people. No, I'm saying let's normalize, <laughs> let's normalize saying it to white people. Ah, okay. Yeah. We want to be in this club to, of people who get upset about these things. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would, I would probably do that more. Like, like, what are you, British or something? Like, Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like, oh what are you? Like, Oh, I'm American? Oh, yeah, but what are your parents? That's usually the line. <laughs> like, but where are you from, really? Exactly. Where yeah. are you from, from? Yeah. The real condescendingly. <laughs> like, like, I, you know what I mean. But kind the of thing feel. is, white people don't know any of that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, That's why we got to normalize it, Joe. So you're, you're basically trying to force people to take a 23 and Me test. That's yes, and put a chip in your hand <laughs> so that we can track you. They already got the shot, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who Albert DeLeon had this bit like it was on, I can't remember if it was on stage if it was like I think it was on stage. It might have been like one of his shows he does online where he's talking about like legit. Is it legit? Like if you, if you put like a magnet up to your where you got the shot, it's gonna hold the magnet up. I'm like, oh my god, Albert, you're fucking ridiculous. <laughs> He's hysterical. He needs to do comedy more. I love Albert so much. Yeah. I think he's a, he's like the definition of an alt comic. For yeah, oh, sure. 100%. He's so he, different. His from jokes everybody. aren't even jokes a lot of times. No, he's just talking. It's just he's the way just he says it. It's so funny. I mean, but he's really good with punchlines. Mm-hmm. He's got some great punchlines that you couldn't even think of. And he just says it and it's like, what the fuck? Have you, you seen know? Brett Whitaker? He's another great guy, too. Yeah, yeah. Them, those two Brett me a lot was of each one other. of the first comics I saw when I first started comedy. The first time I saw Brett, I assumed he was wasted. I was <laughs> like, holy shit, this dude is bombed. The way he talks, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, he's still making it. This is actually still funny. Like, yeah. This guy's got talent. And uh, when I just met him, and I was like, oh, that's just yeah. how you talk. Jim Brewer looks like he's drunk. Brett Whitaker sounds like he's drunk. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's crazy. 100%. But both of us, they're hysterical, him and Albert. 
yeah. crack me up. Yeah, I love I love them both. It's it's crazy. I, I he's Albert they've both just, been doing it a long time. They've been doing it for a long time. Albert just got a kid too. Yeah, he just had a kid. Idiot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting to see how that's going to change his stand up and the way he does it too. I I hope. Like, yeah, it, maybe it will. Like it, it, I've always seen him. Out of it. I've only seen him do stand up uh, once since he had the kid, and it was it was hysterical. But he did he didn't have any like jokes about that. I had some jokes I hadn't heard before, but I don't know if those were old jokes he brought back. Well, or, he's kind of like you. He, like he he exaggerates a lot, and it's not it's not stuff about his life personally. It's uh-huh. just a lot yeah, of funny yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, but there are comics like that. There are comics that just do jokes and nonstop jokes and stuff like that. There are other comics that are personal mm-hmm. and talk about their life and stuff like that. Like, there's also a mix of it, too. There's also people like Drew Hallway that are just fucking oh, crazy. Yeah, that's like performance art almost. Basically, yeah. But it's hilarious. It, it, it doesn't translate into bar shows, though, which is crazy. Right. I, I've done some bar shows with Drew, and it just confuses people yeah, more than anything. He crushes the back of the room. Yeah, but, always. Uh, but that's not really necessarily what you want as yeah. far as developing your, your comedy. But for like a stage at Seeker Group, it's great. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's a, because it's a comedy club and people are there to laugh and they already know something's going to happen, but they just don't know what. So it's a good surprise. Why are so many Houston comics shredding their legs? What do you he mean? shredded his foot. Haney shredded his foot. He got yeah hit by a car. Yeah, didn't somebody else? Didn't I don't know Scotty or somebody else got like Scotty broke his arm. That's where it was. Yeah, yeah. people just break stuff here. Yeah, what the hell? Hey man, we like the party. <laughs> that's it. Houston comedy scene, cocaine yeah. and partying. Cocaine and party. Uh, that's what I've heard from a lot of like other scenes. Like Houston likes to party. Mm-hmm. Like we party harder than other comic comedy scenes. That's probably because other comedy scenes, a lot of them hate each other. Oh, we do hate each other here. Who do you hate? Everybody. What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I couldn't say that I, I legit. I mean, I have people that I'm like, man, I'm not going to hang out with them. I don't hate anybody. It's just like uh, there's some people where I've talked to and tried to have a conversation with, and they just there's a barrier there. I want names, Joe. Uh, I can't. I'll tell you after this. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But there are some people that are like that where I've tried to talk to them. And then sometimes we have a good conversation, and other times it's just awkward. Hmm. So I don't know if it's me or that person, but it's just sometimes that happens. And the, the way you're describing it, it seems like it's that person. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm usually, I can talk to anybody and have a great time with anybody. Are you referring to men or women? Uh, mostly men. Mostly okay. men. With women, I can... Are you yeah. talking to them while your dick's out? You know... I think that's the best time to talk to a man. Yeah, you, you got to establish dominance off the bat. Exactly. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think an actual measuring contest is really good for like relationship. Yeah, you let you know the pecking order. Yeah, yeah, the pecker order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope nobody in the comedy scene ever sees my dick. That's one of my life goals. Uh, no male. Uh, somebody like, okay, so uh, somebody has seen my dick. Uh huh. I used to live in a warehouse with like uh, one comic and uh, a dude that hung out in the scene and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And there was this one day where I wake up in the morning and I go take a piss mm-hmm. and there was no door where the toilet was. Mm-hmm. It was just wide open. And then I was taking a piss and the, the comic, he just comes up behind me, grabs his towel and he's 
he goes for something on top of the toilet and he's like just staring at my dick. Look, if you want to just going, tell us your first time having sex with Pedro Deli, <laughs> you can tell us you can tell us about your first time having sex. But I get it. It was so awkward because he was just staring at my dick, going slowly for whatever the fuck he was reaching, and I was just like, I I, I couldn't stop myself from peeing, so I just kept going and just staring at him, going like, okay, this is kind of weird. Uh-huh. But like. My dick wasn't that small that day, which I'm happy about. <laughs> you were having a good dick day. I was having a good dick day. That's right. <laughs> Another Radliff classic. There you go. That one yeah. like worked in because my buddy like, thought it was a funny phrase. Like, you should work this into a joke. It's true. It's a true thing, though. That's very relatable. Oh, it's absolutely true. It's relatable as fuck. Yeah. yeah. I like so, that. And dude. when people don't react when I say that, I was like, oh, you don't know about the good dick days? Means you never had one. There you go. Poor. I was, that's why you need to get rid of this, dude. This is bad news. So, um, do you still message Pedro after you all had sex? Or you guys still friends? I mean, he sent me some flowers one time, but... <laughs> He's trying to bring get you back? <laughs> no, no, no. It was, a, it was just that one time that that happened, and I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never mentioned it. <laughs> never, never mentioned it. I didn't want to mention it. I was just... I got the phone. One time I asked Pedro about this, he was like, yeah, he was peeing over my bed. Like, it was not in the bathroom at all. <laughs> like let's hear Pedro's side of the story oh yeah like I was super drunk or something yeah <laughs> yeah I was in the bathroom he was staring at me uh, funny there is a comic that has showed me his dick once which one he flashed me Steve uh, Cantwell no 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 it's it's somebody that doesn't do comedy and, or hasn't done comedy in a while and he does a lot of cocaine <sighs> doesn't narrow down there very much go. that's it somebody I would know somebody you know yeah doesn't do comedy anymore. It hasn't been comedy in a minute. Hmm. But I was at a... I'm not going to start naming off names. I was at a party one time, and like uh, he was hanging out, and he had his girlfriend there. And then like me and his girlfriend were talking a lot. So mm-hmm. I guess he kind of felt like inferior. So he was just he just pulled it out. He was like, look what I got. Boom. Just for the pecking order. Or the pecker uh-huh. order. Yeah, like yeah, we're talking yeah. About. He just showed it to me. I was just like, what the fuck? It was weird. And it was it was a white dick, and I never I've never seen a white dick in person before. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The head was pink, and then the shaft was like really white. And mm-hmm. I was just like, "What the fuck?" And what was your next thought? Gee, I wonder what that tastes like. I got offered a threesome. After that, so. <laughs> have you not seen porn? I have. It's like eighty percent white guys. Oh my god! I have a friend. You know what? Why is there not more male Latino representation in porn? That's, Either that's white or black in, in porn. There's, huh? there's interracial. Yeah, but it's all interracial. We know what that really means. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. You need to be a trendsetter here, Joe. You owe it to your people. To I mean, I've, fought, I've, I've had sex with white women already, so. Yeah, but is it on film? Ah, good point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Where's the outrage for that? To watch me fuck on film. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We want to see Joe Escobar have sex. Yes. Where's the, this is 2021, folks. We want representation. Come on. Hey, if, if anything, if anybody listening right now, if you know, if you realize anything, your boy Joe, he fucks, okay? <laughs> That's it. Oh, I've never really thought about this that much. I've never up. thought about it. I don't want people watching me. Have, okay, have you ever taped yourself having sex? 
Video on video, whatever you no. tape it on. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> you just voice record it. Yeah, <laughs> like one of your sets. It's like okay, so it'll be about like five minutes. Uh, can you give me the light at four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've never uh, videotaped myself having sex. No. What do you want to? No, would you I would, try it? Appeal to me. Okay, so if you had a girl and she had an OnlyFans, right, and she said, "Hey, can you do a video with me? You won't show your face, just your body." Would you do it? I wouldn't. Typically, I would probably wouldn't date somebody who did OnlyFans. Typically, typically. I mean, like, this is, this is just if a she's a the, if she's like a perfect person outside of that. And I'm not, not sh- like I said, I'm not shaming it, but like I would be too jealous of a person to be like, oh, my girlfriend's flirting with dudes all day, every day to get money, showing them their tits and all kinds of other stuff. I'd be too jealous for that. And that's like the, and. That's the only thing I'm jealous about, because like I'm like a not a jealous person, but I can't have like I can't share that. I, I don't. Know. I can't share that aspect of a relationship with anyone. I do remember one time at Rudd's, this dude tried to come up to the girl you were talking to. He just yelled across the street and <laughs> across the, the bar. <laughs> was that at Rudd's? Yeah, it was at Rudd's upstairs. Oh yeah, well that's because that was a guy who was a scumbag. <laughs> And actually, that wasn't my girlfriend. Uh, that was not somebody I was dating. But yeah, I just knew he was a scumbag, so I knew what that was going on. Oh, man. That was wild. And I was right. Yeah. I was absolutely right. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I'm not a, not a jealous person. But would you let... Would, so... I would... I would if, if a girl had an OnlyFans and she wanted to be, be on it and not show my face, I would do it. Yeah, it's two, one of two things would have to be the case for me to do that. One, we're just like a casual hookup. Or whenever we hook up, we hook up, kind of a thing, and I'm like we're not dating at all. Then maybe, but it, um, or this girl's perfect in every way except for this. I'm like, oh well, de- well, then she's not perfect. <laughs> but no, but like nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's perfect. But like if they're like a ten, like a ten personality, yeah. like uh, everything else, like you I love could, her, you love yeah, her yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I could deal with basically anything. Okay. But yeah, you. I wouldn't want to show my naked body on camera. That's for sure. I mean, what if you worked out though? That wouldn't change much. I'm still pasty white. That'd be like watching Scotty Peterson fuck. I'm pretty sure a lot of women would pay for that. That guy works out. Well, yeah, he works out like crazy. Yeah, that dude's still crazy. pasty as hell. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And also dating a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who you were talking to on stereo? <laughs> no. I like how everything It all comes back that. around, folks. <laughs> all comes back around. Is this has this become like Houston comic gossip now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is gossip talk. Gossip with, talk with, with Adam Joe, Yeah, Joe and Adam. This is hilarious. When was the last time you hit the stage? Uh, Physically, like punched it? Yes. Probably a couple years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I was bombing really bad. <laughs> damn it, Joe. What would you say is your signature joke? A signature... Uh, Our most consistent joke. My best joke right now, probably my closer. It's like the acid joke that I have. Because uh, like the first time I told that, it got an applause break. Damn. Who's at Rudd's? Yeah. Nice. It was crazy. Have you Have you ever gotten an applause break? I'm sure at some point I have, but um, typically I would put my best joke last. So a lot of times, do you consider that an applause break? 
Yeah. Or you consider that just closing it out. But, well, if you tell the joke and it immediately gets claps. Yeah. 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 Gets an applause. So, yeah. yeah. A handful of times. Yeah. Because, like, obviously the crowd is telling you, hey, that was great. That was yeah. amazing. And they obviously know that that's your last joke because it was so good. You get that more at clubs. So, yeah. I got, um, like, got improv, even when they were doing, like, the, those those mics, you would get those. Or, or like, um, at, um, what was the place that Comedy Hub did shows for a long time? Rec Room. Rec Room, yeah. So, it's where it's, like, a real, like, a traditional comedy show setup you get a lot more of those when at bars people just kind of laugh and clap a little bit it, it does feel good to get applause break at a bar yeah it's a crazy feeling you just gotta milk that bastard oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean like uh whenever i got the applause break at ruds it wasn't really like a comedy club style mm-hmm. and so i just like I, it was just a bar at that point so i that felt really good mm-hmm. and it was the first time i ever told that joke and i was kind of nervous about it so when I got to the last punchline and people just started clapping, I was like, okay, this feels just like the improv. That yeah, was wild. That's awesome. Have you gotten to the point where you've gotten <laughs> so tired of a joke that it doesn't work anymore? Yeah. It's uh the text me when you get home. So I have this joke where uh it's a personal thing. Sometimes I do forget to text people when I get home. Mm-hmm. Uh and like sometimes I don't want to text them because I'm like, fuck you, why the fuck I gotta text you and shit like that. It's a personal Bullshit mm-hmm. that I have with with myself, so is it people are just saying, "Hey, I love you. I want to make sure you're okay. Please let me know that you got home." Right, so, and I understand that, but I used to do it for a minute. I've done it recently, and the first part has been bombing. Uh-huh. Like uh, it's bombing so bad, and it's pissing me off because it used to work, and mm. it's a joke that I like, but I'm hating it now because that first part is bombing. You're not delivering it with the same passion, I bet. You're delivering it as a joke that you're already bored with. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those. No way, Jose. Bored as fuck with it. So I'm dropping it from my, from the stuff that I'm doing now. I'm hold. I'm keeping it into like a a list of like jokes that I know work and like a top two percent, if you will. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I am lactose intolerant. Okay. Hey. I would have thought that was your signature joke. I haven't told that in a year, almost two years now. Is it spoiled? Yeah. <laughs> Milk does do oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, that was a joke that, that was a signature joke that everybody thought of me as. So for those wondering, like, one of the first jokes that ever got me recognition in the scene was like, uh, I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, but it's not because I can't drink milk. It's because I like to tell people I'm part of the 2%. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and like, a lot of people used to just reference that to me all the goddamn time. <laughs> and I got so sick and tired of it that I just stopped telling the joke because of that. Fuck those people. Did, I, the, did the, the crowds laugh? Crowds laugh. I even uh, I made it to the next round of the pun off with that joke. So it's a good joke. It's a funny crowds joke. laugh. That's all that matters. We all want the comics to laugh. We all want the comics to laugh for validation. But in reality, all we should really care about at all is if the crowd's laughing. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree. If you're going for the back of the room every time, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Cause like, Spinning your wheels. Well, you have to think about rural America. Like, I was talking with Antonio. And, like, the Midwest and stuff like that, they're just going out. They're just having a good time. They're, they don't know anything about comedy. Mm-hmm. So if you go too smart with them, they're not going to get it, and they're just going to be mad the whole time. 
Oh, there's no fear of that with my joke. <laughs> no concern at all. Yeah. Yeah. They may not know who Harry Potter is, but that's about my only risk. So when I first started comedy, I, I feel like that was one of my biggest problems, too, is that I was trying to go too smart with it. Mm-hmm. So then after a while, I kind of like dumbed it down. And that's where I got the No Way Jose thing, because I was just like I was thinking about my childhood. And one of the most consistent things that everybody that's ever said was No Way Jose. Mm-hmm. But I just basically switched the two to make it my thing. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be smart. But now I'm trying to be more smarter with my stuff, but not too smart where to it just goes over people's heads yeah you can only be too clever to where most people don't get it exactly there's got to be that balance yeah i do like so i agree completely yeah so i used to do a bunch of jokes that were kind of like they were were clever like i like matt rogers had a bunch of clever jokes that oh yeah that jolly yeah so i'm the kind of person when i'm watching a comedian i will reward a clever joke much more than a joke that's um, not necessarily that's obvious, but maybe potentially get a bigger reaction. So I'll be the person who's like l- laughing and clapping even louder for something that I think's clever. And I've seen you do that before, yeah. Yeah, and um, so I would write jokes like that, but my jokes would just be a mixture of too niche and just not funny enough. <laughs> like I did a joke about gorgons. I was like, people don't know what the fuck a gorgon is. No, nah, not most. Yeah, people so uh, yeah. I also used to do a joke about Lord of the Rings and, and the Trump's wall thing, and that bombed a lot. Joseph Gorgon Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's riffing over here. Um, Third Rock from the Sun, R.I.P. Good show. Oh, he died. I was like, what? Did he die? Oh, you too? didn't see that movie with him oh, and uh, Rogan? Seth Rogan? Which one? I don't know. He dies of cancer. Oh, that one. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I've seen that one. But I think he meant in real life. I was like, God damn it! I got to look it up too. Ah, who cares about him? Um, he's never gonna make that Robin movie anyway. Never, never gonna happen. Are you pumped about the new Batman coming out? I saw the trailer. It looks really good. It looks really good. It looks really good. Uh, Dude, Robert Pattinson is a fucking stud. He's a great actor. He is a great actor. Who people, would have thought people that? People shit on him for Twilight. Yeah, but he's made some great movies. Exactly. And he's great in them. Yeah. That's, uh, man, I'm excited for it. Also, like, the supporting cast looks good, too. Oh, yeah? I like, think uh, Zoe Saldana is the uh, Catwoman. Oh, really? I think so. Hopefully she didn't have, she didn't wear blackface in that one, too. I did a joke about her. Because um, she got, you know, she in that movie, Simone. Simone. Uh, yeah, it's about a famous, like, uh, soul singer. And... Ooh. She wore it, got in trouble because she wore it like she darkened her skin because she's kind of fair complected. So like the actor or the singer she was playing is like really dark skin. So she wore a black face. She got in big trouble. Um, and I was like, so I basically talk about that story. And I was like, what's crazy is that nobody's upset about her doing green face. <laughs> it's the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> okay. And that's about what it deserves. It deserves a little like chuckle at best. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> what I tell you, I have some jokes that are t- too niche. It, yeah, I mean, but that's that's just with a lot of people. Like, it, once you gain your fan base, people will love jokes like that. Mm-hmm. People will love anything clever that you come up with. But what we're doing right now is we're trying to build our name, mm-hmm. and the only way we can do that is make regular people laugh all the time. Like, uh people in like Illinois or something like Missouri or something like that. Mm-hmm. So 
And that's one of the hardest things because, like, you're going to have to give up. I wonder up. how I would do outside of Houston. How do you, how do you think you do outside of Houston? I just did Lubbock. Fucking killed it. Yeah, I feel like he, I've yeah. heard a lot of people say that Houston's really hard. Houston is a tough city because one of the, uh, the one thing that I've heard from a lot of people is like the audiences are very tough. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that all the time. And it makes you want to work harder. It makes you want to be quicker with the punchlines, cut, trim out the fat, and just mm-hmm. get to the joke every time. Yeah. So when I was in Lubbock, I was listening to some of the comics' jokes there. And it was a, some of them were like really long setups. Yeah. With okay punchlines. But the punchline wasn't good enough to get a big pop. Right. It was just a lot of chuckles and stuff like that. Another another guy I saw, he'd been doing comedy for like at least like 20, 30 years. He it, he did a lot of hacky stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it seems like most of the stuff that he was doing was really funny. At one he, time? At one point, yeah. Uh-huh. But he's been doing comedy for so long and hasn't changed it up that it just it just never got better. I'd love to be that guy. <laughs> Let me hack it up. Not for be self aware. <laughs> the guy's getting paid. No, that would suck. I mean, was the audience was the audience laughing? Uh, he he did like twenty minutes. It was a feature uh, set, and for the most part, no, they weren't oh, laughing. Yeah, fuck that. It was it was like a train wreck. It was funny to How me. Do I, you know what? Uh huh. Because I'm a comic. Because it was a train wreck. Yeah, because of the train. Like, is he really trying? This joke? <laughs> is he doing? He thought this that was going to work. <laughs> Terrible. At one point, uh, he did Steve Harvey's set from the Apollo, and his legit set that he he told on stage as a character, or? as Steve Harvey. He told Steve Harvey's jokes as Steve Harvey, and he had a uh, he didn't the, get booed off stage. He had the DJ play like, "Ladies and gentlemen, live at the Apollo, bringing your host Steve Harvey," and he just came up. Did he look like him? He just took. A, well, he was wearing like a jacket and a sombrero. Took that off and just what? Like, <laughs> Dude, you weren't lying. This guy's hacking it up. Got a fucking lumberjack out here. He's hacking away. Oh my, my god! god. I, I, you should have led with sombrero. Oh my god! And then he in his set he was also doing ads. That's wait, not, whoa, whoa, whoa! Was this not a black guy? No, it was his. Uh, I think he was like a Hispanic or white guy. And he did a set, of Steve Harvey. Yeah, Steve Harvey's set, and he was also doing ads in between his jokes that he was trying to make sound like jokes, but they sounded just like real ads. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to see an experience. Hey, hey go to Greg's Tire Shop. They got great tire like stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy? You remember his name? Uh, I remember. Uh, it was it was a long long time ago, but uh, I got pictures of it. I'll show you the I, pictures. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like. So, is there a way to make dad jokes really funny and like like their dad jokes? Dan Hornstein. Yeah, that's, that's as close as it gets. Yeah. yeah, he does really well on stage, and his jokes are. Basically, dad jokes from yeah, most yeah. of it. Yeah, it's a lot of clean stuff. Yeah. Hmm. I like those kind of jokes. I bet you. Do. I like his jokes. I like his jokes. Yeah, I like his Eminem joke a lot. That yeah. he uh, get so, one shot. <laughs> so we were at a bar show last Friday, and I was hosting it with uh, Tremaine Mahoney, mm-hmm. uh, and I booked him on it, and he did that joke fucking crushed oh yeah that joke crushed there it was at eureka heights spurry oh nice yeah it crushed yeah he's a funny dude yeah one of my favorite people in the comedy scene mine too he's a really good dude 
He's, he, I like him because he's very structured in his jokes. He knows mm-hmm. the setup, punch, and it's more like one-liners. Yeah. And that's, I started, when I started doing comedy, I used to do one-liners. Then I, I might start getting into him. You should. It, it teaches you how to trim the fat and just yeah. get to the, the punchline faster. So like, and then I moved over to stories because somebody, I got, I got self-conscious and somebody was like, hey man, you're a one-liner comic. And I got mad. So that's the hardest thing to be. Yeah, but I didn't want to be put in a corner. So I was just like, let me try something else. So I started doing stories. Got better at that. Then I was just like, well, I got good at, I'm good at one-liners and stories. What else am I bad at? Oh, bits. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing bits more on stage. And my jokes on stage are a mix of everything. Right, right, right. Which I like the most. And it's it's like I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. But I feel like once I get like maybe 10, 12 years down the line, I'm going to be really good because I'll have a mix of a lot of things. Yeah. What's next? What's next? Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Build the brand. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, the, uh, after running. Uh, Dude, get a stage name. Oh, my God. What is it? The comedy store? Joey Too Funny or. Uh... <laughs> Joey Bananas. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Antonio did, like, we did this show. It was, oh, my God, it was an absolute train wreck. But uh, it was like this 80s themed show oh it was a train wreck really oh it was a, oh it was oh uh, beyond God. a train wreck but um he did the i think he did the best approach to it him and Edie, like Edie basically did his jokes but in a character from the like in a in a um, um i think he was doing andrew dice, andrew dice clay, clay yeah. style joke hey so i wrote i wrote jokes from that were relevant in the 80s so jokes that were about stuff that happened in the 80s <laughs> Yeah, it was a huge mistake. So something that nobody would get. I would think you wouldn't come to an '80s themed show if you're not don't know anything about the '80s. What's the point of that? Know your audience, right? Yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Read the room. But I, yeah, I did. Every, it was rough for everyone. But like, um, he had this character, and that was Antonio's big thing. Like, the most '80s thing that he brought was being a comic that, who had a character, uh-huh. and his character was No Baloney Tony. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> his tagline. So he would like say some line or say something. And it's like <laughs> he's like, and that's no baloney. <laughs> and I was I was cackling from the back. I was, like, I was loving it so much. Yeah. Because the way he would deliver it was just so low energy. Yeah. His character was an '80s comic. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I love it. And he had a punchline or phrase and everything. Yeah. Exactly. God. That was his like. That was his like. And here's your sign, or yeah. you might be a redneck. Yeah. It's like, and that's no baloney. That's no baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, no baloney, Tony. I fucking love Antonio. Oh, oh yeah, he's hilarious. He knows yeah. more about the comedy scene than, than I think anyone I've talked to. Really? Yeah, he's real good at breaking it down. Yeah, he's taught me a lot about it too. Mm-hmm. It's, he's part of the reason why I've got better in social. And, yeah. And if interacting. only he would book me more, that would be great. No, I'm kidding. He's a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. Aren't you booked on a show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got booked on one uh, a while ago, and then the COVID gods came and snatched me up. Ah, so I had to shit. cancel like two days before because I caught COVID. How was that? It was not that bad. Not that bad? No, it's like less than a cold. Did but you, I, did I you already vac- have the vaccine? Yeah, I was already vaccinated. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I got Delta because like my, like my co-host, my podcast, <laughs> was around his brother who doesn't – it's like anti-vax. Uh, so he's had it like twice and he had got like Delta. Like they knew for a fact it was Delta. 
Um, and then he's telling me this as we're setting up to do the mic. I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, but I'm vaccinated. So it didn't, you know, not didn't spread. I'm good. We do like a two and a half hour podcast. podcast and then lo and behold, like a couple of days later, I'm like feeling pretty lo- like sick. I'm like, uh, I think I might have COVID. So I went and got tested and got popped. Fuck. Almost ruined my Italy trip. Oh, you went to Italy? Oh yeah. It was great. Oh yeah. I remember you were talking about it. You took pictures and everything. Yeah. 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 Damn, how was that? It was a lot of fun. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Didn't do any comedy there. No. Did eat a lot of gelato. Gelato. Yes. I mean, I don't know if that's how they pronounce it, but... Gelato. There we go. Yeah. 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 I'm Mexican. I got to get into the yeah. character. I did the hands gestures. You have thing. to. You have to. <laughs> I remember um, Dulce had a joke that where it was like, that was like the punchline. It was the, uh-huh. the Italian hand gesture. I was like, that's funny. Like, I'm like, so I got her started in comedy just by encouraging her a bunch. And she's taken off. Oh, so, so. you're to blame. She's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm she's kidding. funny. So she like, she would just post. So I'm, I'm a big encourager. If I see something that I think is good, uh-huh. what, at any level of comedy, uh, I let the people know like, that was really funny. I really liked that because people need that from time to time. And if it's true, I want to, I want them to know. So like, I would see her consistently like writing like really funny Facebook posts, like really funny, uh-huh. like real clever too. I was like, why are you not doing stand up? You're around stand up all the time. You think funny. Why are you not doing stand up? So I talked to her into it, talked to her into it, talked to her into it. And then finally she took the, took the leap. I like, I like, uh, so I heard this thing from the comics, like older comics and stuff. I think it was on a YouTube video. Where he was, uh, people come up to him and ask him, like, hey, uh, how do I get started in comedy? Like, what should I do? Do you have any tips? And I'm like, quit. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that better because that, if some you tell somebody to quit and they keep doing it, that means they really want to do it. That's an interesting take. Um, well, that's what... If so, somebody, so if somebody came up to me like, that I thought should quit, yeah. and like, hey, uh, what, what do you think? What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. I was, I would deflect. I'd be like, yeah, I like, man, I don't know. Well, uh, somebody that I shouldn't sh- be telling people. Blah, 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 blah. Somebody that you think is funny. Of course you encourage them. What yeah, do you yeah. tell the people that you don't think are funny? I, I don't, I tell them like, I don't know. Like I'm not good enough at this to tell the difference. People don't laugh at my shit sometimes, whatever. Like I, I couldn't, I don't I'm not mean enough to be like, yeah, you should quit. <laughs> but I'm certainly not going to encourage them. Like it's where I'm like, Oh no, that was great. Like I'm not, I never blow smoke. Uh, so if, if I won't tell somebody something was good unless I think it was really good. Yeah. Unless you really thought they had yeah. a chance. So I'll give compliments yeah. like, like yeah, good presents or you had this, like you seemed comfortable, but if the joke, if the joke wasn't funny, then I won't tell them. I think it was funny. I mean, I, I, it's really hard to tell a brand new, stand, brand new open micer that they should keep doing comedy because most of the time, they don't know how to tell a joke. They no, don't know see, how to I, write a joke. Yeah, so that's the thing. So here's a prime example. So there was a new comedy comic to the scene that was trying, like putting in a lot of time, but the jokes were god awful, terrible. You could just say Joe Escavel. No, 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 no. no. It, was, it, was, it was a female comic. But um, like some of the worst jokes ever. Yeah. But I saw her working like really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like, Hey, I was like, try to be like helpful. 
It's like, hey, you don't take any advice from me, but you're trying to be nice. Yeah, like you're trying to be nice. Like you obviously you're trying really hard, and you're out here like every every day. Yeah. Said, every time every time I'm out, I see you, and I hear I know you're going to other stuff too. <clears throat> I said, let's work on these jokes. I said, I'll even try to help. And like we'll work we'll, workshop workshop jokes and yeah. And we try did that a little bit to where and just everything that came out of it was trash. And like, really? I, and I would give like little tips. And look, look I'm not saying I'm the, the joke doctor or anything. Or I'm, you are a good joke writer, but like, but yeah. Uh, so I would think, well, why do you? Where's the funny here? Like, or or like, why you go this way? Because this is like a non sequitur. This doesn't make sense. Literally, does not make sense. And just because you say it like a joke doesn't make it a joke. But I would, I, I tried baby gloves, and it didn't, and didn't work. It just none of it sank in. So I I'm like, I all right. So I'll just stop there, and um, and leave it alone. Uh, and she was even like, "Oh, you're too negative." Da, da, da. I'm like, "Like I'm trying to help. I want you to do well." But like, if if I were to tell you, "Yes, this joke that you just told me that makes no sense," go on stage and tell that, and you bombed, I would feel like a jerk. So on the other side of things, there's another comic that was just starting, that was coming out. Jokes were funny right out the gate, uh-huh. and I was like. That's awesome. Keep doing this. This is like, and I was like, that was a great set. Yeah. I think you should keep doing this. Like, you obviously have a skill for this, and that comic's doing great. So, are these both female comics? Yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So, I, I encourage what I think is good. Well, some people, like you said, some people already have a knack for it. Like, mm-hmm. it naturally know how to write jokes. Yeah. And then some, some people, people who, People who are funny, that's the key. Is you have to be able to be funny. You have to be able to think funny. And if people who just want to do stand up for to be on stage uh-huh. or to get attention or whatever, that's not funny. Like, and you'll see it in their jokes when they go on stage. Their jokes just are never hit, and a lot of times that don't even make sense. Like th- that phrase does not make sense. I mean, that's how I was when I first started. No, not like this person. No. Well, like, it, it, not to that degree, uh-huh. but to the sense where I was talk or saying jokes that didn't make sense at all, uh-huh. and people were like, "What the fuck did he just say?" Yeah, that's like what you never want people to do is to be like, "I don't get it," <clears throat> and I'm confused. So that's what like, and it's that's why you can't be too clever. Like that's what I was saying, like, yeah. if, you, if you get too nuanced or too niche, but I don't think this this person it. was. Too cl- going too clever. No, certainly not. No, no, no. <laughs> they just didn't understand what they, they still don't would. understand what funny is. Yeah, at and all. You can't really teach how to be funny. You either got it or you don't. Yeah, you can teach stage stuff. Yeah, you can teach how to write a cadence. joke. You can teach how to, how to write a joke, joke. Yeah. but you can't teach how to think of something funny or see something in the world and, and find the funny in it. You can't teach that. Yeah, I don't think. And it's people who don't have that at all. They're still trying this that are the are the worst, in my opinion. I mean, but you need that kind of. In a, in a, you need a palate cleanser? You need yeah. to go up there just truly <laughs> embarrass themselves? You ever eat something so good and go like, I need to eat some shit right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I'm on a no shit diet, preferably. Yeah. But well, uh, like I said, I'm well, no... I'm no well, you need people like that to figure out the good and the bad. Because I feel like from a an audience member standpoint, as a consumer, mm-hmm. you know what's good and what's not. 
for yeah, the most part. For sure. So you need to know but the, if you see a person like that, that's bad. That's what blows my mind though, Joe, is that there are people who will go up and eat a bit whole bag of dicks and they'll come off stage and I'm like, Oh, how did how did how did it go? And and they'll be like, Oh yeah, that went great. I'm like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I wanted to shake this person. I'm like, that did not. I, I didn't. I didn't say. Like, that was when I knew. It was like, there's no helping this. This is. I've never met a person like that before. Oh, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. Okay. Oh yeah, and one of them is the one who I was referencing earlier. But like, oh shit. And it's just like that's when I know like oh, they're they're unsavable. So you so after the person just you see that they saw the entire bombing. set. Completely bomb. No laughter from the crowd. Afterwards, you're like, hey, what did you think? It's like, oh, yeah, I did great. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I did awesome. What you exactly. Think? Yeah. I'm like, that sounds like... Mm. Well, that's not being self-aware. At all. Yeah. That's being delusional. That's very delusional right there. Yeah. And I feel like in this business, being self-aware is a virtue. For sure. Because you don't know... You have to be able to know if the joke works or not. And if you yeah. think that everything you say works and it's definitely not working, you'll never fix it. Well, there was a HBO special with like... Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Lucy K. Yeah, I Ricky saw yeah. And they were talking about the same thing. Yeah. They were talking about how uh, when a person knows what type of joke they're telling. Like uh, Ricky Gervais, he was like, yeah, I don't want to do those easy jokes. Mm-hmm. I know they make people laugh. I know they get big pops, but I don't want to do them. I want to be more clever with my stuff. Yeah. And then Lucy K. was like, yeah, sometimes I do jokes like that. If they get a pop, of course, I know it's I can write better than that, mm-hmm. but at least I got to laugh. Yeah. It's that whole idea. And I've done that same shit. I've done some hacky shit on stage mm-hmm. where like I'm just riffing and I, I know if I'm riffing, I'll say something hacky, but I know I'm not going to do that joke again. And also I still got to laugh at the end of the day. I would rather hear an entire set of hacky jokes that get laughs than entire set of brand new, completely original cam love level uh, <laughs> original Okay. Jokes that get nothing. People don't know about Cameron Love. Can you explain this man? He's a guy um, clearly on the spectrum. But he's intelligent. Very intelligent. Oh, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Love. That's um, his name. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but clearly not self-aware at all. Uh-huh. And... Also aggressive, which that's what my only real beef with him is that he's overly aggressive and will make people very uncomfortable, will shout while other people on stage kind of stuff. If he was just awful on stage and then got off and did whatever, no beef. But like, dude, that guy is, it was toxic to the scene. Thank God he's gone. Yeah, but um, yeah, so he was just... Telling recipes for cookies on stage. <laughs> Talking about macadamia nuts. Yeah. yeah. With no, not not even not funny, but literally no hint of a punchline. But he would get laughs with that. I'm not going to lie. I've seen, what? Him, I've seen him get some laughs off of that because uh, of the, the absurdity of it. Uh-huh. And I feel like that was part of what he that's was That's people being uncomfortable. Yeah. Was, people scared for their lives. <laughs> they think they're going to have a school shooter on it stage. Like, it was Andy Kaufman-esque. I, that's the most sacrilegious thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you may need to delete this episode for just so people don't hear you said said that. You just compared Cam Love, <laughs> and Andy Kaufman. I don't, I, I don't. You're not gonna be able to sleep tonight. It's oh, gonna yeah. really haunt your dreams. Oh yeah. 
This is going to pop up at a comedy open mic one night yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of this. <laughs> Dude, that's bad comedy karma right there. <laughs> that's atrocious take. Oh, my God. No, but it was it was just really weird. It was very weird. He was a weird dude. Yeah. He was really smart, though. I, I've, like, he was one of those guys where I talked to him, and he kind of understood most of the things. But, like, I could tell he wasn't self-aware, and social interactions were just a huge problem for him. Yeah, he can't make eye contact. At all. But there, there there's people like that. I mean, the comedy attracts the weirdest people. That's usually. very true. Yeah. And then just me. Regular old, plain old Adam. I was thinking about that before we did the podcast. I was like, damn, what? why does Adam do comedy? He's so normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, just a regular dude. Report. Shout out. <laughs> hey, RIP to one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Jake Rawls. Fuck you, Brad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you left us. Uh, no, but um, yeah, I love that podcast. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that's true. Like uh, Comedy 100% attracts... Broken people, weirdos, um, people got picked on, like people who had to develop a sense of humor one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I had like no trauma growing up, a uh, pretty easy life, and um, yeah, like I have a normal nine to five job, went to college. Per, like before I started doing comedy, I just like watched sports all day or or Netflix. And don't have don't do any drugs. And um, how yeah. do you live with yourself? Yeah, it's like <laughs> if they were to make a list of the most normal people in the Houston comedy scene, I I may not be at the very top, but I'm I'm it's up you, there. Dan Hornstein, Katie Miller, back when she was Miller, here. Yeah, well, it, we have something about us that makes us different. Yeah, different. You know? That's yeah. a good way for it. Yeah. yeah, everyone else is a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, but like it was. It, How would you describe Tori and Tomlin to somebody who's never met him? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, he likes to have fun. He does. That's a fact. He likes to party. He's very sociable. Yeah, extremely. I think he's the glue of the Houston comedy scene. Everyone likes him. I don't know. It's like he, he has a great time with whoever he's with. Mm-hmm. He knows how to hang. Uh, nobody has beef with him. Nobody has beef. Yeah. Nobody has beef with him. Uh, he's just a good dude in general, but he mm. is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> he is hella weird. Yeah, and I I kind of appreciate that though. He kind of taught me how to like just be myself and hang out. Uh huh. Like he when I when I first started comedy, I was not good at at that. I was not good at talking to people. I wasn't good at hanging out. And what I did was I I just watched him and how he interacted with people, and I just copied him basically. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that, and people started talking to me more. You start kicking as high as you could. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him kick in years. <laughs> COVID may have like taken away his kicking he's, he's abilities. He's got a belly now. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he can kick as high. <laughs> yeah, it's a, dude, because he was rocked up for a second there. For he was just working out all day at the, yeah. the luggage shop. And, he and, just was like bench luggage all yeah. day, <laughs> going on a trip. Yeah, gun trip, baby. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, he's one of my favorites here in town too. Yeah, he's he's really funny. He hasn't done it a lot recently though. Yeah, he kind of comes when he comes and goes as he pleases. Yeah, that was that's the biggest thing. I can't he did, believe he left for like multiple years. Yeah. Well, he did give me a huge compliment when we were hanging out uh, a couple of years ago. He was just like, hey, man, a lot of people have come and go. A lot of people would have quit, but you didn't. You stayed. And that like that made me feel really good. Like I, That's what kept me going for the most part. Cause, like, Torian? Torian. Like him telling me that he was proud of me. Because he, he told me he wished he would have stayed in it. Because mm-hmm. then he would have been with like Joe Bates and 
all these other people and yeah. doing it, going out of town and stuff like that. But he didn't. So he kind of, I kind of felt that regret in his heart, you know, mm-hmm. that was a big thing. And I never, I never stopped. So I'm happy about that. I was just about to say, I was thinking about taking a break. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm, th- I'm glad I never stopped. Yeah. Would you would never take a break? Like not even like a COVID. six month break. COVID. That was that's the only, true. That's the biggest break that I took. COVID was kind of a break. Oh, that's, maybe that's what got me in the funk that I'm in right now. Like I'm doing okay. Yeah, because you were on a steady like rise. Yeah, for and a then minute. like COVID hit. I was like, I was like on four shows the month that COVID hit, and I was like, meh. Well, okay. Do you want to hear the first time where I actually started believing in myself hmm. in comedy? Okay, so I was like two years in. I was uh, homeless at the time, and I oh, was, you were a comic. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I used to live in a warehouse, dog. Come on. The famous warehouse, mm-hmm. Houston, Houston comedy. If anybody listening right now, if you know Scotty's warehouse <laughs> 1.0, then whoever's lived there is a real comic. Yeah. So I was oddly homeless. enough. Tony's a comic. <laughs> he is <laughs> by proxy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was I was at Axelrod one day. I was opening up for Jeff Joe and Robert Turo. Right. Mm-hmm. And he retired. You hear about that? Yeah, I, I was at a, I did the same show that he did oh, yeah? with a two dollar bill. That was his last show. Well, Robot turd is yeah. going off into the sunset. Yeah. R.I.P. So I was doing that. I was opening up for them, and then I went downstairs because I had to go to uh, Katie Vibes and I did the contest right. Mm-hmm. But when I get downstairs, I get in my car and it feels really cold. It was like oh, near December at this time, maybe November, and it was really cold. And I was like, "Why is it cold in here? Let me put, turn the heater on. Turn the car on. Turn the heater on. It's still cold." I look to my right and my back window is broken. Right? Fuck. So immediately I'm like, oh, what did I have in the car? Oh, my laptop. So I reach in the back, my laptop bag is gone. Damn. So that shit was stolen. And I didn't have time to call the police, put a police report because I had to go immediately to Katie yeah. from Axelrad. So I drove over there, did the competition. I later found out after that competition that I made it to the next round. Mm-hmm. So I did well on that. I did well at Axelrad. And then uh, I went to Walmart and I stole trash bags and like tape because uh-huh. I was I didn't have any money at the time and I was living in a warehouse so I was like fuck it I guess I'll just steal it so I grabbed some bags put them in my pocket got some tape put in my pocket and I walked out uh, wrapped it up and I was feeling like shit so I was like I want a drink where can I go oh Secret Group has this show it was called Thought Bubble uh-huh. uh, that Trey and Zai had had for a minute uh-huh. and it was on a Monday night so I was just like fuck it I'll go over there I just went to go have a drink or whatever and watch the show. And then Trey saw me. He was like, hey, man, you want to go up? I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. So Jesse Payton was hosting and Patrick was up. Mm-hmm. Patrick's doing great. He's killing. And then he, uh, Jesse Payton calls me up. I was only supposed to do like six minutes. Mm-hmm. I, they were laughing so hard and for so long. And it was so tough for me to get to the next joke. I ended up doing nine minutes. Nice. And I was murdering. Uh-huh. And this was the first time I ever like destroyed a room like that. Uh-huh. And then afterwards, I was just like, thinking to myself, I was like, well, fuck it. I, my, my car got broken into, my laptop's gone. But I did great in every show that I did tonight. So mm-hmm. that's when I started believing. I was like, maybe I got something. What would you have done if you had bombed all three shows? I would have quit comedy right then. <laughs> like, no lie. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a tough one to, to come out of. <laughs> That's what I was thinking as you were talking about that. I was like, if even two of the three had gone bad, oh my I would have been God. like, oh boy. If, the, if one show would have went well, I would have held on to that one show the whole uh-huh. time. Oh my God. It's like golf. You get one good swing and the whole 18 holes. You're like, oh, this will keep me coming back. Exactly. Yeah. 
but all three shows went well, so I was just like, fuck it, I guess I got something. Nice. Yeah, yeah I get back to writing again. Well, have you ever had a moment like that? Well, like I thought about quitting? No, where, uh, well, yeah, where you thought about quitting, but then it all changed around. No. I've been, like, that's the thing, it's like, I'm so, I'm so steady, like, um, my mind, my mentality in general, it's like, I don't have real highs and I don't have real lows, so I'm always pretty steady. The only reason I would quit comedy, I think, like, I have decided, like, I, I've talked, I don't know if I've talked about it on a podcast before or not, like, if after a certain amount of years, if I'm not in, like, in the top 10 in Houston, then I'll go down to, like, somebody who goes to open mics every once in a while to just try new jokes. And I'll stop pursuing it on any level. But. I mean, you can always be, a, like, a writer for, like, shows and stuff. Yeah, I think that that would be fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, uh, stand-up doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all. Right. You know? But, obviously, that would be the preferred. Yeah, So, but that's, like, a long way down the road. That's the thing. My biggest problem um, is my dick's too big. But, you know, (laughs) no, my biggest problem is I don't put in, I don't treat it like a job. So, I don't, like, so I record all my sets, but then I never listen to them. Yeah. I never listen to them. And and if, you know, I do listen to them, I'll track which, like, one got, you know, small laugh, medium laugh, big laugh, nothing. Um but then I won't go back and like edit it and try to fix it and doctor it or combine jokes or cut fat here or there. Yeah. If I spent more time on it, I would do all of that. But I just, when I get off work. I'm like, I get home. I'm just like fucking don't want to think about anything. Just want to lay down for a while and then go do, tell some jokes. So That's, if I put a more business like mentality or just effort, yeah, which I need to do if I'm going to take it seriously, then that was my whole plan. Like, um, like two or three months ago, uh, I had like some show, like one show and then nothing else in like the whole count, like the whole next month. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, I'll do this show and then I'll shut it down for a month and just don't go to any shows, don't go to any mics. You know, if I go, just go, Hey, go to hang out. But like, but not really go to anything and just write, 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 rewrite all my jokes, categorize them, chunk them into like bits because all my jokes are just like one-off jokes right now. Because yeah. I used to, like, I feel like I've regressed. I used to have like, all right, here's my relationship bits. Here's my self-deprecating bits. Here's my homeschool bits or whatever. That's that's how I am now. I have yeah. different topics and I have like long jokes on those, different jokes and stuff like that. And somehow I got away from that and just started just doing like a, a just jokes that I know that got laughs, so like, I, but it had no theme. Yeah. Unless I do like a longer, if I do like a 15, 10, 15 minute set, then I'll do, go back to that structure to where here's my chunks that work. What's the longest you've done on stage? 22 minutes. 22 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 33 was the longest I've done. That's wild to me. I can't, I, I would, that's what's another thing is like, I'll, my memory is trash. So I'll forget like all my jokes oh, if, I'm yeah. not, if I'm not looking at them. Dog, I smoke weed. Basis. I smoke weed all the time, man. My memory sucks now. Yeah. It's horrible, but uh, that's the that's why I love stories so much. That does help with a lot. Yes, exactly. You know where the beats are, and mm-hmm. it kind of like helps you, r- r- reminds you a little bit of like, oh, okay, so this happened. I know what happens next, and then you go to the next part and the next part. But also like jokes too. That's kind of a tough thing because like I was having trouble recently with this uh, this bit that I have on being Mexican. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of short jokes. Like mm-hmm. maybe seven or eight short jokes, 
all in this one bit. It's like three minutes long, but it took me a minute to memorize it all because mm-hmm. I was having such a problem figuring out, oh, where did, okay, after this, where I go? After that, where I go? You know? Yeah. That was My memory's trash. And I don't help myself either. It's like I'll mix up my sets constantly to where you can't memorize, just memorize the whole set, which is a mistake. Well, it is a mistake. Sometimes I do that. I just go off of the feeling. So Mm -hmm. I already have my, the jokes that work, the ones that hit memorized. And then if I'm doing good on stage, I'll just like try to think of something real quick and then just tell that joke and Mm -hmm. get into the bit. And I like like doing that. I also like uh, crowd working, going in and out, like just bullshitting with people. And then sometimes, uh, trying to set up the joke with them mm-hmm. like like ma'am you're in a relationship right and then just go on with the joke that i have like that i love 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 <clears throat> the it doesn't happen all often but i have seen it happen where people do that kind of a prompt yeah and the audience member just gives them absolutely nothing yeah <laughs> and you just see them like those is what's struggling like oh man <laughs> okay so i have this joke uh it's the difference between being beautiful and ugly and sometimes I go to uh, female audience members and I'm like, ma'am, I think you're beautiful. Do you get given things by men, you know, like gifts or money or something? There was this one chick who was actually thinking about it. And immediately I was like, don't, you don't have to think about it. Just say yes. Okay. Just keep the, keep it going. Keep the joke going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it does happen sometimes where people actually think about it. Yeah. Instead of just knowing like I have something set up for it already. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Back there, I have this like. Uh, that's a list that I have. Goals for 2021. Build Goals. a personality. Oh, shit. What does that mean? I forgot to write wrote that. Fuck <laughs> less prostitutes. <laughs> Must <Yeah>. kill Mo. <laughs> that's a Simpsons reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the only one I was actually going to read. Just make up a bunch of them. So, like, I, out there, I have, like, build a feature set, have a mm. hot 10, have hot 15, hot 20, and stuff like that. And I've been working really hard on those goals. Mm-hmm. So I just put that on there, like just to remind myself, Hey, this is what you're trying to do. Keep working on this. Forget everything else. See what I would need to do for this to work for me is to, to like have my couch, like, like to where the cover of my couch is this material. Like just get like some kind of a cover for my couch. That's embroidered with my to do list. <laughs> so when I get home from work, I just lay down and I look up and it's just, uh, hey, get off the couch, you lazy piece of shit. <laughs> Is the couch where you go first when you get home? Oh, yeah. 100%. Get home, put the laptop bag down the exact same spot every day, turn the AC on, press the little PlayStation button, turn on the TV, and then put on like either Netflix or YouTube or whatever. I just, I've gassed whenever I get out of work. Are you a creature of habit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do For the sure. same thing every day. I could. It's not that I wouldn't. I'd be happy to break out of it from time to time. And but left to my own devices, I'm comfortable. I I get comfortable very easily. I think that's the biggest problem with doing stand up. Like if you get comfortable with a certain set or whatever, and it works every time, mm-hmm. you kind of like don't really want to do other things because I got this. It works. I can. Yeah. Well, that's like the one thing that. I, so that's what I'm saying. That's the. It's against my character. My character is, uh-huh. you know. Um, be comfortable, you know. It doesn't take much to get me to make me happy. So some people like if I'm not going out down the town all the time, if I'm not doing this, I'm not going to be happy. I can be happy, pretty relaxed. But like with comedy, for some reason, I'm constantly mixing up my set because I get bored with it, which doesn't make any sense because I don't get bored with the same handful of meals that I eat every week. I don't get bored. I eat salad every day for lunch, the exact same salad. It's like spinach, 
strawberries, uh, chicken, avocado, carrots, tomatoes, exact same thing every day for lunch. Yeah, you drink the same type of beer. Yep. Yeah. Holy crap. But my sets have got to be different or else I get bored of them. That doesn't make any sense. I, I, I'm like that too. Like I, I switch it. I try to switch it up recently. I've been doing the same, uh, jokes on the same structure and everything. Well, you want to, right? That's how you build a type five or type 10. Cause you exactly. have to say it the same and then figure out what to change to make it tighter. Exactly. That's why I never do that. Yeah. I mean, you just force yourself. I just want to be like you, Joe. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. as good as well, Joe. this is what you need. You need a lot of trauma. That's, that's exactly I don't have any of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, I don't want it's, like, it's a damn it, mom and dad. <laughs> Why'd you choose? You are still married, that? you jerks. <laughs> you couldn't have at least gotten a divorce like a couple, get a couple minutes out of this? That would be great to talk about on stage. Like, you're just blaming your parents for giving you such a good life. That's I hilarious. Feel, yeah, it's worth a shot. I feel like yeah. it has to have been done, but I could definitely do that yeah. for sure. Cause I could have a whole bit about, like, Say comedy's tragedy plus time, but my parents never gave me any tragedy. They gave me all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have like a like a boring like a, the life is so boring because it's like there's no tragedy. Yeah, I say that to your God. I'm gonna get a call whenever I walk out of here, and the whole world's gonna fall to shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, boring life. Boring life. I would say boring is just relaxed. I mean, but you like. You meet women a lot too, right? You go on dates a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I've been known to date. I'm yeah. dating somebody right now. You, you fuck. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, as much as, <laughs> as, much as the average person. Yeah. No, way you said that. Like, yeah. I'm not. So that's the thing. Is I, I'm a um, a uh, a monogamist almost exclusively. Like I don't date multiple people at the same time. Uh, if I'm dating somebody, it's the only person I'm dating. If I'm sleeping with somebody, I'm certainly the only person I'm sleeping with. So I don't do one night one night stands. It's not my speed. Like I'm not a pickup artist at all. So if I'm hooking up with somebody, it's because I'm like dating them, or or at least maybe not dating them, but at least kind of seeing them. Yeah, you're trying to figure out if you want to get into a relationship, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm not some fuck boy, Joe Esquivel. Hey, you, you make me say like, you fuck, I'm like yeah, I fuck, but let's go yeah, date people. I'm just trying to have a good time here, man. <laughs> like here's the thing: one night stands are the only thing I know, though. I don't. I've never been in a relationship. Oh, uh, dude, you gotta get that that regular woman. <sighs> I'm trying that's to a find, half. Like that's. I'm trying to find a good look, woman right now. I'm trying to find a real because I'm used to like women at bars and like random as meeting random women all the time. So mm-hmm. I want to find a woman that's steady that has a great life like you and like. Uh, oh, trust me, I don't has, have it figured out. Don't be like, well, like look, better, we, we can talk later after the beginning of the pod. A my last woman. couple of girl uh, girls I was with, and how that went. But <laughs> what's the worst? What's the worst one? I can't. The worst girl I've ever dated. Well, like the worst experience you've had dating a girl. Oh, it was my first girl I ever dated. I actually wrote a joke about it. She tried to trap me, Joe. She tried to get pregnant by me uh, when what? I was eighteen. She was on birth control. Doctors ordered birth control. Because she had a cyst on her ovaries. Uh-huh. And I still was paranoid. I was 18 years old. And every time we'd have sex, I'd be like, all right, did you take your medicine today? Because I, I didn't want to, I was 18. I didn't want to get a girl pregnant. And she would always say yes. I was working at HEB. It's a tortilla boy. <laughs> it's a tortilla yeah. boy. I love no, that job. Mind you, anybody listening, Adam looks like uh, an Irishman. He's bald. He's got a beard. 
Uh, he's very pale. Yeah. yeah and red. Uh-huh. He doesn't look like a person that would make tortillas. Well, I, this was in the woodlands in the early 2000s. I was the most ethnic person they had. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that, and um, I get a call over the speaker, and it's like, hey, Radliff, pick up the phone. First thing, she, I, I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. She goes, I'm pregnant. And my life legit flashed before my eyes. What'd you see? Uh, I was in a trailer park. (laughs) uh, Wife beater with gravy stains. Beer, empty beer cans all around me. And like seven kids nibbling at my ankles. Because she was Mexican, so let's be serious. She's going to have a lot of them. she's Mexican. Yeah. Um, And then I asked her, like, how is that possible? You take your medication every day, every time. Every time we have sex without a condom, I always ask, and you always say, you took it. You say, well, I've been lying for the last three months. Fuck. She legit tried to get pregnant. She tried to trap you, Yes, because we have been breaking up on and off, on and off for like a couple of months. So she's like, all right, I'm going to trap this motherfucker. And yeah, that was the worst relationship I ever had. Dude. Yeah. There are a couple of close seconds, but <laughs> or did that you... was the worst. <laughs> okay, so you met her working there, though? No, I met her at church. You met her at church. Yeah. Okay, Catholic church? No, uh, non-denominational. Not no, okay. And my joke, whenever I told that joke, because I did that for the rideshare confessions, it's uh-huh. the only time I told the whole joke was for that. And um, it's all true, 100% true. That entire story is true. Um, except for the end of it, where I say, like, like I, God, I dodged a bullet, because she ended up not being pregnant. I was like, dodged a bullet. Um, I was like, yeah. That was 17 years ago. She's now a smoking hot, successful businesswoman. And I'm here telling jokes to you guys for $10. <laughs> so, yeah, I really lucked out. <laughs> so that's, the, that's not true. I, I don't have no idea what she does. I haven't yeah. seen her or talked to her. I'm sure. I know she got married at some point, so I can't look her up. I don't know what her last name is. Oh, so. shit. And I have no desire to look her up, but I like how you just immediately went to Trailer Park. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, because yeah. I was I was eighteen. Um, I was take like I was taking like one or two classes at community college, um, and I was just kind of so I was homeschooled, and I felt like I had missed out like, on a lot of social stuff by being homeschooled. So the first year after I graduated high school, in parenth- in quotes, uh, I just like took a whole year off and lived with my buddies. And we just kind of had a good time for the whole year. And I worked at a Chinese restaurant and <laughs> chilled. Yeah, uh, okay, so you made tortillas and then you went to work at a Chinese restaurant? Yeah, I was a delivery driver. But, okay. Uh, so, um, when that, like, when that, so I was taking it super easy when this happened. Actually, you know what? No, this was before even that. This is before I even graduated. I was still in high school. So, yeah, I was a guy who was in high school. That just got his other high, like his, we were both seniors. Just got his girlfriend pregnant while I was working at HEB. Yeah, I was working at HEB when this happened as a tortilla boy, making $15 an hour. And Damn, uh, that's pretty good. It's the Woodlands, bro. <laughs> Dude, HEB pays well for grocery stores. They do. I used to work there. Yeah, like, yeah they take care of their people. Yeah, I worked at a handful of grocery stores. I've had a lot yeah. of jobs. Me too. But, um, yeah, I was like, I'm fucked. Like, cause I was gonna, like, I was gonna do the right thing. I was like, gonna get married to this this demon, and uh, it's probably not gonna be the only kid. I'm, there's no way I can afford to raise a kid and go to college. There's just no way. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna live with my folks. 
So I mean, that's what I can afford. So this is all with, I assume this is what went into this thought process. Yeah. But it literally, I swear to you, I heard the words, I'm pregnant. And it seemed like that flash lasted a solid five minutes. What? And then like, I like snapped back. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. How's that possible? And it was a night. Like it was and the worst part. Not the worst part, but one of the worst parts. She, my shift started at 7 a.m. Uh-huh. She called me at 8 a.m. So I had the entire shift of just putting tortilla balls on a conveyor Shit. to just do nothing because that's mindless and to just do nothing but think about how my life's over. No, I mean, I could have, if it had happened, I could have ended up having a great life. I'm not saying people who have kids young can't have great lives. My mom had a kid at 20. So it's yeah. definitely possible. To, and a lot of people have kids when they're in high school or whatever. Yeah. My mama had me at 17. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not like, but just in my mind, I was just like, I'm fucked. But I mean, yeah, you're a kid. So obviously you're thinking my world is done. Like I'm, right. I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, and not to mention, I had been breaking up with her repeatedly for months because she was crazy. Why'd you keep going back? We all know why. <laughs> that's all. That's. I think that was the only Latin girl I ever dated. Not by choice. Not that I wouldn't go back to that well, but she was the only Latin girl I ever dated, and she was the craziest. I wouldn't say by far the craziest. Yeah. I actually, I wouldn't even say she was the craziest. But we were both kids. Yeah. Like we're both eighteen, you're mo- you're not thinking straight all There's that time. Hormones going on, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, but at least you got it in, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least they got it in. <laughs> so you can say that. Yeah. What's, that was, out of all the races, like, what's your favorite? I love them all, Joe. Jesus, what kind of a question <laughs> is that? Well, you know enough about me to know I love them all. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't have any preference whatsoever. Well, like from women, uh, what different nationalities? In my experience, this is solely in my experience. I'm not yeah. saying this is representative of a, li- a larger population group. I can go through the each of them. Latin girl was, on average, the craziest. But she, we were young, so that may not that may not count. But everything I've talked to people about seems that might still be the case. Um, but attractive, fun, you know. Just crazy, like super jealous, very jealous. Oh yeah, that's a huge turn off. Oh yeah, white women are the most like average across the board. They're the, they're the most calm. They're the most chill, typically. Because I never dated any like Becky types or sorority girls. I never dated any of those types. So every girl, I, white girl I dated, was like kind of like me, similar to me, per, like in personality. Uh huh. Um, black girls I've dated, I've dated a hand, quite a few, and they're all over the board. I mean, some of them are are similar to me. Some of them are a little crazy. Some of them like to fight. Some of them are just chill. I'd say they're the nerdiest group. Black girls, yes, really, absolutely. Uh, they always have some kind of nerddom to them that you wouldn't expect until you talk to them about it. So they, then, like I said, this is just a small sample size. I'm talking only the girls I've dated. I'm not saying this is a representative of the larger population. Yeah, because I grew up in the hood, and they did not seem nerdy at all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe, and this maybe those are the black girls that have gone for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the type of girl, the type of black woman that would go for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, and that's about it. Like I dated a girl who's yeah. Persian, but I've only dated one girl who's Persian. 
and um, that's about it. The Most of the girls I've dated have either been uh, white or black. The girls that I've been with are white and Hispanic. Those are the only ones. Mm-hmm. I think I've dated at this point, like dated, dated to where I'm like, this is who I'm dating. Uh, more black girls than than anything at the moment. Do you like you like black women? Absolutely, I like all women. I know, but I don't give a shit about a race at all. Okay, what are, what about black women attracts you the most? They they seem to be the most responsive to my personality for whatever reason. So I treat everyone the same, and for some reason, I get better feedback from from that group than anyone else. So it could be dumb luck. Probably is dumb luck. But I don't know. That's that's what it is. I mean, you seem like a guy who is very accepting. Uh-huh. So I think that has to do with it, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, me being a minority, most of the time, some like I don't feel accepted from certain people. Sure. Or be, be heard, even. Right. So, so maybe they yeah. pick up on that. Yeah. And uh, they have to be cool with dating a, a bald, red-bearded white guy. Um, so they're obviously accepting as well. Yeah, but also you're... You're a good guy. You have a stable job. Mm-hmm. And like... They don't love me for me. They just love me for my stable <laughs> job, Joe. I'm just saying there's other things that add to it. Right. You know? Because like my my sister's baby daddy, he's black. Mm-hmm. Been to jail so many times. Doesn't have a stable job. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get, take care of his kids. And from coming from the hood and stuff like that, that happens a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So See, I, I'm sheltered. I don't know a whole time about this stuff. So. Uh, it's weird like my brother's my little brother's baby mama she's black mm-hmm. and like me and her used to get we have like the same type of personality so we used to fight all the time mm-hmm. uh but like she was very nerdy mm-hmm. she's very See? nerdy. yeah then why are you questioning my but t- like you you also fit the the mold of i'm not a how nerd. my brother asks how my, my brother acts too oh, okay my brother's very stoic he's very quiet right he right. likes to play video games like he does, he take care of his daughter very well, which I love. But mm-hmm. he is kind of like you. He does just goes to work, mm-hmm. does his thing, comes back home, just plays video games. That's it. That's I wish I does. could play video games. I can't do that shit anymore. What doesn't hold my attention anymore? Oh come on, you gotta find the right one. I, the, I played Red Dead Two. I played it all the way through. Um, see, my problem is when I play those games, like I'm like. It's like ADD or OCD. It's like OCD. Like I have to go catch every fish or go hunt every animal. I have to do all these little side missions you that mean do nothing. Side quests, yeah. And then you get burned out on it, and you're just like, "All right, I'm done with this." But if it's not a game like a Rockstar game, I can't get into it at all. Oh, like GTA? Yeah, okay. GTA or Red Dead. That's those are the two games I play. Oh, I tried to play a whole it. story behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good story. Plus the game's always built really well mm-hmm. and they're all intuitive and and it just their side missions are always fun. It keeps your attention. Good characters are funny usually. It's yeah. like playing a movie to a degree. Yeah, but, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played online on Red Dead? Uh, briefly, yeah. Briefly. But that was like that's the thing is that's when it's just purely like grinding stuff out. Like yeah. you're going you're just hunting to hunt and uh Doing these repetitive, repetitive missions, which I did for a while, but I just couldn't get super into it. Yeah, that and was cool. I my my replayability is is nothing, and my l- level to accept a game is super high. Like I tried playing God of War, um, played it for probably five hours, not even, and I was like ah, I'm out. You got bored. Yeah, I got bored of it. Played this, did the same thing with Assassin's Creed. 
Um, it's like Assassin's Creed is evil because that game is the exact same mission over and over again, and the map is gigantic. So for me, who person who is like uh, OCD, like I have to do every little mission on this the, whatever the map that I can see yeah. before I move on. That's the worst. It would take me hundreds of hours to beat that game, <laughs> and it's not that fun. I mean, it's fun if you play it straight through. Yeah, but when you're trying to be a completionist. It sucks the fun out of it. Well, I think you would hate Spider-Man then. Oh, yeah? In that aspect, yeah. Because there's a lot of side missions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I was you're, you're a completionist. Yeah. yeah. I talked yeah. to Jamal about this, and I hate whoever got it started. Like, this whole myth that the game has to be 200 hours long. We need to have 200 hours of content. No. You you should have... that. You should not count all these bullshit... Side missions, because like Assassin's Creed is the worst about it. It's like every little side mission is one of three missions. And it's the exact same thing over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. I can play a bunch of side missions, but don't count those as the main 200 hours. And you shouldn't need 200 hours of entertainment for a $60 game. No, for most games, the whole the main mission is like six hours and then everything else is whatever. Exactly. That's the you way know? it should be. I like, think like Red Dead is almost too long. <clears throat> like their main mission is super long and yeah. then, and nothing happens fast because you have to ride a horse everywhere. Yeah. Like that's one thing I liked about GTA is you could fast travel. You get a cab and you could fast travel to other places and, and we're going down the video game nerd hole, but like, uh, but red dead, you have to ride that fucking horse and you have to press the button every time to gallop. Yeah. Uh, but I still love the, the world that they built. It's still fun. Like that's, those are the two games I think have the best replay ability. I can I can keep my attention anyway yeah. for the longest. Yeah, I love GTA and Red Dead. I, I just downloaded it again, so I'm going to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those are two good. I like to play a lot of like uh, like games like Madden. Mm-hmm. I like to play Spider Man. That's another one where they have a main mission and inside missions, and you're swinging the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Oh, Rocket League, which is just, dude, that game is hard as fuck. What are you talking about? It's it's not that hard. That game is extremely hard. It's just soccer with cars. I know. Uh, I played it briefly at P. Dobble's house, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> He's still alive. And not Rizzy, though. Um, I like, uh, okay, just side, like I saw his name pop up on open mics and stuff like that, but he hasn't shown up. Oh, yeah? So it's kind of like. It feels like he's just announcing. Is somebody signing up for him? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's just hilarious. That would be a hilarious <laughs> gag. If, like, if people would just like sign up for him and sign up for like anyone who's been like the anyone who's been can- canceled, canceled, <laughs> to where it's literally like a lineup that's half canceled. People are like, oh my god, that's like, a funny I, bit. I was talking to uh, somebody who's not in the comedy scene but knows about it. It's a, a girl, a female, mm-hmm. and. She she mentioned his name and how much like everything that the way he acted and stuff like that yeah. and I was just like God damn even you knew and she's like yeah I, yeah <laughs> it was crazy I didn't know like being a creep in the comedy scene is like mm-hmm. it's uh, for the record I never I never witnessed anything all I've all, heard, all I've heard was rumors and all this but um, I've heard he does make a killer yeah. chicken wing I'll give him that <laughs> his wings are, the wings are good I'm Dude, like, he made it's the air fryer yeah the air yeah. fryer kicked ass I actually want to buy an air fryer now. yeah he had two of them randomly <laughs> he was trying to sell the yes I know he did he did that to you too 
<laughs> like, I don't want to buy your air that fryer. That was his business. P-E. No, he comes over to your place, into his place. You play video games. Like, hey, you want to buy your air fryer too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a whole warehouse full. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most expensive way to unload these things. He spent five times as much on chicken wings. What am I gonna do with all fifty of these air yeah. fryers? <laughs> Well, you you know you got a bad business plan when you're trying to get money out of comics. <laughs> That's a fucking disaster. Man, we'll man. still never know who would have been the best Monopoly player. Oh my god, man! Yeah, I was two for two, but oh really? So you won? Oh no, yeah, but there was supposed to be a finals, but I never with that guy. That was right before the cancellation. Oh man, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, I played Rocket League yeah. briefly at his house. <laughs> And I was like, this is the hardest game ever. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's, if you're not used to it, it's very difficult. I've been playing it since it came out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just used to uh, like the air tricks and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's intense. Okay. Well, go back to the creeps. <laughs> <laughs> you say creeps or crepes? I, crap. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, one of the biggest things that I've seen, like we talked about weirdos and like people that, that just show up in the comedy scene that are different from everybody. Like, I, there's been some a lot of creeps too, mm-hmm. not just that one specific person, but like other people. Yeah, and I feel like it's really hard or really difficult for a female to come into comedy scene because of all those weird guys. I agree, but like uh, that's that's a big thing. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, how do you deter yourself from not being a creep or being like too forward? I treat women? everyone the same. Treat everyone the same. Yep, treat everyone the same. Never hit on somebody. So I have dated a comic before, but that was something that I didn't pursue that at all. It kind of just happened. So I definitely would never pursue a comic that's, I think it's, we're colleagues. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. If you find somebody that you click with and y'all both happy to do comedy, whatever. So is it like dating a coworker? Exactly. Uh Uh-huh. So you never pursue it ever. If it happens, it happens. But if it does, you need to make sure that everything's in order. You need to make sure that you're above board. Because if you do anything sh- any slightly wrong, that's gonna have that's gonna ruin the comedy scene for you. Because you're going to go in the same places every time and seeing the same people. Like, oh, he dreamed like shit. Da da da. That's gonna backfire. Yeah, Anthony Jeselnik. Uh, he was on a, uh, I don't know if it was a podcast, but it was a show. And uh, Colin, Colin Quinn was interviewing him right and he was talking about how when he was in california in la he stopped getting booked because he was dating a chick and she just was like oh i'll do your poster as long as you don't book anthony like yeah. that type of stuff and i feel like that's kind of i don't of, think that that would be the problem <clears throat> well i mean depending on what you do if it's a that, shitty person we did mention the comedy scene is full of broken people yeah if, so, the, if the person is like angry and shitty enough to do it they, yeah i i see yeah. that happening sometimes yeah, it definitely could happen. Yeah. For sure. But, like, you're not the type of guy to get canceled. Exactly. That's because yeah. I've built a reputation of, of a guy who is reliable, treats people well. Kind of. So if somebody said something sideways about me, like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. Yeah, if somebody told me that Adam Radliff was going up to women, being really creepy, and just uh-huh. hitting on them really hard, I'd be like, mm, that doesn't sound like him. Yeah, I, I don't hit on women that I want hard. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm not like a one night stand guy. Like I don't go up and like just well, hit on women aggressively, even yeah. if they're outside the comedy scene. And I thought they were beautiful. I saw them at the bar. I'm typically the guys like 
uh, let's just let him be. Or I'll try a little joke here or there, but I'm not like throwing the, like the all the lines and spitting game. That's not. Uh, you're not a smooth dude. No. Come on. Mm-mm. Come on, Adam. I know, you, I know you got some got some things that you're holding back right now. Well, you put a little liquid confidence in me, and I get a lot smoother. But still, it's still the the high watermark is not that high. But I'm comfortable with that. That's not my game. That's not my speed. It's not your speed. Yeah, everybody. Like knows. I said, I've done well without having that mentality. Different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things for me is like understanding how other people see me. So being a creep is something that I don't want to be. Sure. And I try to be more respectful of people. And in the comedy scene, I've learned it's like. Stop grabbing butts. Stop stop grabbing butts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says here on your sign of things to do in 2021, stop grabbing butts. Yes, yes, yes. But it also says cigarette butts. You know, I'm trying to quit smoking. Ah, nice recovery. Nice recovery. <laughs> Gotta have that locked and loaded. That's it. Uh, the one thing that scares me is like, somebody coming telling me that i'm coming off as like a creep or an asshole yeah that would suck because i'm not that type of person Mm -hmm. and like i feel like if somebody heard that and it was said about me they would be like that's not joe that's not what and like that's a really hard thing because you're also in the entertainment business you're meeting people all the time right and sometimes you don't know the type of person that you're talking to and you don't know what's going to happen like does that get in your mind sometimes when you're meeting people uh not the not the creep aspect at all, because uh, that's the thing is I go out of my way to not hit on comics. It's because I don't I don't want to even get that in their head. Because for me, it comes from a space of one I don't want to I don't want to purposely for me I don't want to go out of my way to date another comic because of all the bad stuff that could happen from it. It could end up great, but most likely it's not. But but two is I don't want anyone ever to be ever able to say. Oh, that guy made me feel uncomfortable at a show, or like that's and that's why I'm like this can't happen. So I'll never let that happen. So if that ever does come up, like that blows my mind. So if I ever heard that guy like back to me, I'd be like, that doesn't make sense. They're confusing me with Steve Cantwell. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally, that comes that works out in my favor. Or Dan Hornstein. Yeah. Dan Hornstein. <laughs> what if he's like so nice on stage and like his regular. He's <laughs> a monster yeah, off stage. <laughs> we don't know. He just leaves afterwards. No, he's super nice. I spent a lot of time with him. He's yeah, a nice he's great. guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm covering for him. I'm, he's a fuck, if he, he hears me say that he's a monster, he'll kill me. <laughs> he's got a lot of damaging photos of me. I mean, but there are people like that where their stage persona is like really nice and awesome and cool and off stage are huge jerks. Oh, Dan's one of the nicest guys. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, probably the nicest guy in the comedy scene. Dan, if you have any secrets, please let me know. <laughs> Dirty, like if you've killed somebody, <laughs> I'm sure he's got. Some, he's got. I'm sure he's got some secrets. He's sober, so I mean. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, I yeah. forgot. Well, then that that's the exception to the rule. Yeah, yeah, because he is sober. So I'm sure he, he probably had some fun times or some interesting times back. I want to know, drunk Dan. No, don't say that. I want No, no, no. I just want to. I don't want to see drunk Dan. I want to hear about it, like the stories and stuff. That would be fun. Like Joe List shit in a shoe once. What? Yeah, you never heard that story? That he shit in somebody's shoe. Well, that'll show him. Yeah. Don't have your shoes off in front of that guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why would an adult have their shoe off at any time? I guess you're... That's another thing. Not to go too deep into it. If you're a person who owns a house that forces people to take their shoes off, fuck you. 
Washer, oh, Washington Asian. households. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I didn't put any race or ethnicity to this, folks. That was purely Joe Esquivel. <laughs> Joe Esquivel, whose race I do not hey, even hey, see. Hey, it's I just cancer culture right now. Tony Hinchcliffe, you got another guy. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing I'll, I'll never do. Is like I don't want anyone to ever have any ambiguity that I have any kind of uh, animosity towards any different races, which is like kind of baked in for uh, being a white guy is that people assume that you're this way or that way. So if you give them any ammunition to think like that, Automatically, they'll think you're racist. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah. I feel like that's the tough thing for being a white person because, like, especially because all my inward jokes were hilarious. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bombed. Oh man. <laughs> Why am I still doing this podcast? What the hell is? What time is it? Uh, we're about like two hours and fifteen minutes. I got to do laundry. You got to do laundry? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was fun. I like that a lot. Where can they find you? Uh, as long as you can loop out that part where I said the N-word. Oh, no, I'm keeping it. That. That's, that's going to be one. I'm going to clip that, and I'm going to post it online. Yeah. So that can... <laughs> what you're going to do is cut out the part where I say the word N-word, <laughs> and where I reference Just... it later. I'm talking about the N-word. No, no, I'll add in the whole word. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm canceled. <laughs> well, that was a good run. Yeah, it was an okay run. Uh, yeah. But uh, like, uh, find me on um, the best way to find me is Facebook, Adam Radliff. Just think Adam Radcliffe, but without the C. And um, No Country for Middle Aged Men podcast on all streaming or podcatchers. And yeah, check out when is this coming out? Uh, it's probably coming out at the end of this week. So probably Friday. Friday, then check me out tomorrow, Saturday, uh, October 2nd at Best of Seeker Group. Best of Seeker Group. All right. Yeah, we talked about the Antonio show. Yeah. Shout out to Antonio again. So, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, You know where to catch me. me. Uh, The Joe Cassidy, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Joe Esquivel, and Adam. It's been a minute. Been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to try to steal that line from you. I was like, nah, I can't do it. (laughs) I can't do it. All right, later, y'all.